Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily on an absolutely glorious Thursday here in southern Manitoba. Got a little hairy weather-wise yesterday. I'm not used to hail and severe thunderstorm warnings in the middle of May, but uh, here we are. Bottom line is it is gorgeous out right now. We're going to have a hot show as well, coming off a big night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, getting ready for the ice, beginning their series in the Western Hockey League Championship tomorrow, Centennial Cup beginning today, out in Portage La Prairie, and a lot of other big news in and around the sports world. Great to have you with us. Coming up a little later on, Scott Billick will jump on from the Winnipeg Sun. Bomber training camp beginning this weekend. We're going to do a full bomber training camp preview tomorrow with Ed Tate. Uh, but we'll be talking Bombers. We'll certainly get Scott's thoughts on the ice. I believe he's going to be covering that series for the Winnipeg Sun, as well as a few more Winnipeg Jets off-season topics. And uh, Brandon Rewicki as well, jumping on on Thursday. We'll uh, see what he thinks about the big changes in Philly. Keith Jones, now the official president, or named the president of hockey operations, and Danny Briere getting the interim tag taken off as he is the new general manager of the club. But um, also some Jets off-season talk as well as a look ahead to that ice championship series and getting a chance to see Brad Lambert here in Winnipeg, albeit playing for the visitors against the loaded Winnipeg ice. So going to be a great, a great show. Lots to get to coming out of last night's big wins for both Canadian teams. We'll do that in just a minute when Michael Remus jumps in on the program. Ah, Big thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. And a shout out to the Winnipeg Gold Eyes and a good luck to the fish because today is opening day in the American Association, the team on the road in Gary. Fish manager Greg Taggart going up against the uh, team that he managed for uh, just about two decades. So uh, great stuff with the Gold Eyes. Looking forward to their home opener next Friday. Assiniboia Downs, Modern Man Barbershop, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, the Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend. And of course, we will get to a why not question of the day for Not Auto Corp. And the Cool Bet lines a little later on for our partners at Cool Bet. Shout out to everyone that rode with the partner parley in the lock shop yesterday. Big, big night for us at the ticket window. Uh, let's get to it, though, and get Remus in here. Remo, what's going on? How are you? Feeling good. Trying to figure out this... Uh... Golden Knights Oilers series. All every game is a blowout and it's tied 2 2. You do the math. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, doing, I mean, other than that, I mean, great weather outside. Uh, so, yeah, I'm having, happy to be here with you. Did you get any, uh, any hail around your spot last night? Yeah, my dad got it first, actually. Like, Did you guys get hail? And I was like, no one sent me a picture of one of their chairs. I guess I should put up the picture. I'm going to talk about it. It's a picture of their chairs. And then I think we got shortly after. I was in the basement watching hockey, so I didn't actually see. But the short answer is yes. And thankfully, uh, I'm lucky to have a garage. Yeah, I had uh, headed out to uh, see some of the fellas down at Breezy. And uh, I probably made it out there around, I don't know, 5.30 or 5.45, and driving west, it was nice. Up until kind of past the, the Cinnaboyne Forest, you started to see some black clouds in the uh, in the distance. And by the time I was there, uh, the sky was popping. They were starting to get some big, big drops of rain. No hail yet, but a bunch of lightning. And then uh, by the time I got back into the uh, main part of the city, 
Uh, all sorts of things happening. Uh, bottom line is it cleared up, though, and we were uh, looking at 25, 26 degrees. So great time to get out to Breezy or wherever your favorite golf course is if you have the opportunity to do so. And uh, this city's going to look a lot nicer in a few days with the greening, the greening up after a little bit of rain and some nice weather. Uh, that being said, let's get to what happened last night in the National Hockey League. And uh, the Leafs avoid the humiliation of a sweep and find a way to beat the Florida Panthers. Uh, I'll tell you what, Remo, I was really, really impressed. And I don't know whether it was Waiters or somebody else in the chat yesterday that uh, called Joseph Brick Wall. But uh, the Brick Wall was a great name for him yesterday. What a performance the uh, rookie goaltender by the Leafs uh, put forward considering their situation. And uh, listen, they didn't get anything from Austin Matthews, but Nylander and Marner stepped up, getting something uh, past Sergei Brabovsky. And the bottom line for the Leafs was this was a survival operation. They do survive. Game five will be played tomorrow night in Toronto. Yeah, for rookies to win their first career playoff start while facing elimination, uh, first goalie since Spencer Knight in 2021 to do that. Other goalies on the list, uh, Jose Theodore, Mike Palmatier, Jacques Plante, and uh, Joseph Wool came in and uh, was definitely steady and the Leafs' best players were their best players. Mitch Marner getting two points as well. And, you know, we thought the Leafs were due for a game. They had played so well. The games were tight. And, you know, you thought they would get a win eventually. So, I don't know. I'm starting to think Leafs in seven? Us? Like, we might, <laughs> we might have a series here. Or at least Panthers in, in seven. Take your, take your pick. But I don't think this is going to be an easy one for Florida. Although, and then, you know, funny, both games yesterday ended with total madness at the end. And um, so, yeah, nice performance for the Leafs there yesterday. If you're going to lose, you may as well take a bunch of cheap shots against the team that you're playing that's beating you to set the tone for the next game <laughs> yeah. in your best of seven. Um, <clears throat> I expect nothing less from the Florida Panthers, to be honest. And, and even before Paul Maurice was there. And, I mean, Maurice wants his team to play with bite. And I think that was something that really frustrated him here at times with the Winnipeg Jets. That, you know, whether it was the personnel or the mental makeup of the guys, they, they don't they never really had certainly a Kachuk or maybe even a Sam Bennett. Um, the Florida Panthers are going to take their pound of, pound of flesh if they're, if you're beating them in a game. And um, I mean, listen, I thought it was Bush league last night. It, it Kachuk punching Marner in the head there at the end. Oh, did that not just give you vibes of uh, Marchand on one of the scenes yeah. yes. back in 2011? Just the game was over. Why? <laughs> Why are you punching a guy in the head? The worst for me was what was with his big hit at the end. Was it Jake McCabe on the ground? Already has a guy on top of him. I think Montour, and then Sam Bennett comes in out of nowhere into the pile and starts feeding shots to a guy on the ground. I don't know. That's the most cowardly act I think. A guy is already on the ground with a guy, and you come in and start feeding him shots. We already saw Sam Bennett give Matthew Nyes the rock bottom. Should have been suspended for a cross-check. <laughs> like, I thought, you know, we saw this, and we're going to get to the Petrangelo slash. Like, who is the biggest villain right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Sam Bennett has skyrocketed up the power rankings for me. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, I don't know. I think he just kind of just lost it. But Sam, he should have got suspended before. And, like, no one's talking about this play. But I thought it was just, like, a loser move. Well, they did lose. But then he just, you know, had to go give a guy what... Uh, 
have them in side control and start feeding shots. <laughs> so I, I love when you bring up UFC well, techniques uh, when they are being utilized in Stanley Cup playoff games. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, MC Stormy, a few red cards last night, that's for sure. Um, well, let's uh, fire it up. The uh, why not question of the day for not Autocorp over at Waverly McGilvery. Who is the biggest villain in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now? Um, obviously, I think we're probably going to be looking at teams that are still alive right now in the playoffs, not necessarily anything that happened in round number one. I mean, Michael Bunting probably was the guy in round one after he got that, what, three-game suspension. Um, but we do have a interview with NHL player safety, not from the melee between the Panthers and the Leafs, but from the end of the Oilers-Vegas Golden Knights game. And uh, as far as the game goes, I mean, the Oilers jumped on them early. Vegas did not look anything like the team that just completely dominated them at 5-on-5 five five in game number three. And the Oilers were off to the races. But I think what everyone, and you've already alluded to, Remus, has been talking about, was the crazy tomahawk chop that Alex Petrangelo dropped on Leon Dreisaitl in the waning moments of the game. Um, that cost him a five-minute major. Connor McDavid, of all people, tried to step up to Pierangelo before, fortunately for the best player in the world, having a couple linesmen come in. That was an incredibly dangerous slash. Absolutely, it's getting suspended in the regular season. Uh, I'm not sure whether we'll get a suspension. I think he should get a game for sure on that. And obviously, if Dreisaitl was injured, I mean, that that can absolutely be an attempt to injure and it could have injured him. If he was out, obviously, we might be having a different conversation with the way that NHL player safety deals with um, violations that lead to injuries of other players. Uh, but this was an ugly incident. Um, you know, they need Peter Angelo on the blue line. And as of right now, there is the potential that he might not be there for a very critical game five back in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, uh, this game could have been much worse. Uh, so Oilers only one for six. Uh, on the power play, this is a power play that's usually like three. It would be 50%. So uh, credit to the Golden Knights. But, uh, I mean, it's so weird, this series. You know, Vegas dominates game one, Edmonton game two. Vegas comes answers back game three, game four, Edmonton. Can we just hey. get a close game? Can How about like, can... this take? How about hmm. this take? Just quickly, breaking news from the chat. SK. Yeah, I saw this. Favorites. Come on, Hus. Watch that slash on Leon again. That wouldn't have hurt a bird. Embellishment on Leon. A, what a take. <laughs> I usually enjoy SK's I'm not takes. with you on this one, SK. No. <laughs> you, can't, you can't. Like when you're, like if you want to hack a guy, at least make it like a little subtle. I mean, you can't raise your stick above your head like you're in an axe chopping competition or a wood chopping competition. Like. Um, I, I don't agree with that, and we'll see what happens. You know, they have the hearing. We're, hopefully, it comes out during the show, so we can react to it. But I mean, Edmonton's top guys. You know, you look at uh, since the trade, we talked about Matthias Ekholm yesterday, and there he was Unreal. blasting one. Uh, Evan Bouchard, who stepped up since the Barry trade. I mean, his uh, contributions this playoffs have been been awesome. So, uh, congrats to the Oilers. They're now tied two uh, two, and I'm just. <laughs> Enjoying these comments in the chat from SK, who says in Belgium, and that was what you know the end of the game where he had the nurse, but he's got he got tossed and for the instigator, and you know I think he's going to be suspended unless they rescind it. And uh, Petrangelo has the hearing for the big two hand on Leon Dreisaitl. 
Yeah, that was a pretty good tilt there between Haig and Nurse. And I kind of think that they will um, rescind the instigator, considering, I mean, that had been brewing between those guys basically all series. Um, be quite a way to lose, I mean, a top defenseman on both, one for quote-unquote instigating a fight that I think everyone knew was coming, and another one for uh, for that two-handed slash. Um, that <laughs> there's also some funny email waiter, waiters is with SK on this one. I, uh, <laughs> I think we may have to dole out a Kenny. We wake up here, uh, to be honest, uh, for that one. Um, bottom line, Leafs live to, uh, to play another day and the Oilers get a win that they absolutely have to have. And, and as far as the Oilers go, I can't say that I'm surprised. I really did expect this to be maybe Connor McDavid's best game of the series. He was dangerous. But the way that the game played out, and, and this is very good news for Edmonton, they got that lead early, and um, they played with it quite well. Uh, you know, it wasn't a matter of continuing to try to put up seven or eight goals. I thought they did uh, the best job they've done all series at limiting Vegas chances at five-on-five, five, and that's a big part of why they were able to uh, really comfortably cruise through the third period and win that game despite any other nonsense that took place towards the end. Yeah, and the talk before the game was who is the goalie going to be, and it was Stuart Skinner. You know, talk about rookie uh, and Joseph Wolf. Stuart Skinner in his rookie season, he's played a bit more than one game, and uh, they went back to him, feel comfortable with him, and uh, he settled in nicely, huh, stopping 25 of 26, and it was Aiden Hill um, you know, on the other side for Vegas, and I wonder if these Vegas goaltending issues kind of catching up to them as what he's... <laughs> How many goalies have they used this year? Can you can you name all of them, Huss? I think there's been like five for, for or Vegas or six. Well, well I, I know the four guys that they've got: Thompson, Quick, yeah. Hill, and LB. Uh, I'm sure there's probably another. There guy was an, the other guy got a call, some junior junior goalie yeah, was, at one point. I took him on DraftKings once. I think he's a client of uh, Matt Calvert's. I oh. forget <laughs> I forget his name, but he played in the regular season. This is this is the playoffs. They went with Brosois, now Hill. And I think they're kind of stuck with with Hill now, just because of all the injuries. But uh, they'll they'll go back to Vegas and you know try to reset. And who knows? You know the way the series is going, maybe it'll be a blowout win for Vegas on Friday. You know, uh, by the way, uh, Eric in chat just mentioned. Speaking of rough, did y'all see former WST guest Don Callis turn on Kenny Omega last night? By God, that we really are burying the lead. Uh, Winnipeg on Winnipeg Prime on <laughs> AEW. What a what a moment that was at the end of the show last night. I was I was in near tears. I mean, to see two icons from our city end up on the other side. I mean, uh, was not expecting that. And Don has some explaining to do for going against the Golden Boy of Transcona. Okay, I thought you were going to bring up. Did you see Steve Urkel, Jaleel White in Jersey on the Oilers game? Out of love celebrity sightings at the game. I don't know what he's up to these days, but I was watching this guys were like, wait a second, what is what is Jaleel White at the game? <laughs> Bonus points to anyone who knew his real name and didn't call him uh, Steve Urkel. So, no, I wasn't watching uh, a- AEW, but I do need to see this now. Yeah, I uh, it was a little late-night PVR action going through the, uh, the show last night, and I made it to the end. It was Kenny Omega and Moxley in a cage. And it was quite uh, oh. quite a good match. And then at the end, there was Don Callis hitting Kenny with a screwdriver and costing him the win. It was uh, 
Dark, dark day in Winnipeg sports history yesterday, for sure, Reem. Chris Vermette says he just spoiled it for him. Should have given spoil, mm, spoiler, oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler well, alert. I, you, you, saw, you saw already it uh, in the chat, Chris. So, uh, But, yeah, I do apologize. I mean, again, you know, what are we going to not talk about? The big news in sports from last night on today's show? I mean, sorry, <laughs> that was pretty much the headline. Surprised we didn't lead with that today on Winnipeg Sports Talk, to be honest. Um, let's get back to... Uh, Let's get back to the NHL playoffs, though. Uh, two games tonight, Reem, and Devils are on the ropes, um, on the road in Carolina to take on the Canes after the Canes just manhandled them in game number four, um, an onslaught of goals. It seemed like the goaltending uh, that got Jersey through that first round, that big rally after being down 2 nothing to the Rangers. Uh, uh, we're getting the regression to the mean right now, and uh, that four-check of the Carolina uh, Hurricanes is uh, is a handful for any team, but Jersey's Jersey's going to really need to do something special tonight, I think, to extend this series and get it back to uh, Newark. Yeah, Carolina. We talked about them. I mean, they've been so well coached. Uh, great, de- you know, great defensive system, as along with their great defense, and they're getting offense from the defense too. Uh, I wonder if Jordan Martinuk's going to continue his hot series uh, coming out of nowhere. Uh, with nine points in the second round after zero points in the first round, I think Carolina is going to take this one. But maybe New Jersey, it'll be up to them, Hus, if we see some pushback. That was the big word that Damon oh, Severson used. they need used. pushback. <clears throat> we They're talked about it yesterday. They didn't have any in game number four. Will they have some in game number five? And uh, you know what? I'd say the Leafs. The Leafs had some pushback as well. They um, did. You know, they were facing elimination. They didn't wilt. Credit to them for getting the win. Still think Florida wins this series, but uh, it is not done yet. And then, of course, we've got game five between the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken tonight. And, you know, Dallas finally kind of broke through on Grubauer. They put up half a dozen goals. They got the win in game number four. Now it's back to a best of three. They've got home ice advantage. But this game means everything, I think, to uh, to Dallas. I mean, they need to build off what they did in game number four and then give themselves two opportunities to win the series right now. I do think that if Seattle can somehow come out of Dallas with a win, and it wouldn't surprise me the way these guys have been winning games as big underdogs throughout the playoffs, that I think they they would be a very, very dangerous team at home in front of that crowd out on the West Coast with an opportunity to move on to the conference finals. Yeah, another series where they've alternated games, and I don't. I've again, I've picked. I said this all playoffs. I picked against Seattle at, like every game, and you know Dallas wins what? Wins six three, and then Seattle wins what seven two. Uh, I mean, I what is it four two? There was a one close game five four. Was they got a six three game? It was the last was the last one for the Stars. So. I don't know, Huss. Maybe, you know, you'd think that Seattle comes back. The pattern would show Seattle comes back, but uh, I still got Dallas in this one. Maybe they've figured a way to, to turn it at home. We'll see if uh, Jake Ottinger can continue to play well for them. And uh, I still like uh, I like Dallas' scoring. Jamie Benn, credit to him, really stepped up in the playoffs. Uh, remember, was it like a couple years ago where they got called out by the owner, him and, him and <laughs> Sagan? Again. And there's Jamie Benn. He's got nine points. In 10 games for them, being a playoff performer. One guy they talked about on the broadcast got eight points in, in 10 games, but only two goals after scoring 40 in the regular season, uh, Jason Robertson. And I wonder if he has a breakout game at some point. 
Well, I'm a huge Robertson fan. I had him in fantasy, so I watched a lot of those games. And, I mean, such a talented player. And he's big. I mean, he is an absolute load. Maybe he doesn't play the most physical style, but he's he's a handful. And you would think more so at this time of year when a lot of things are sort of allowed to, you know, maybe uh, be uh, – Overlooked, shall we say, by the uh, the individuals in stripes. Uh, Rupi Hints, though, has been the guy so far, and of course Joe Pavelski. What a what a series, uh, what a playoffs he's had so far. Uh, the way things started, missing the rest of the first round, and six goals now, including four in a losing cause in game number one. So tonight, early game, 6 p.m. Jersey and Carolina. Then we move on to 8:30, probably more like 8:50, as we know, Dallas and the Seattle Kraken playing in Dallas. Uh, we're going to get to a number of the local stories with Scott Billick, but as we mentioned, rookie camp for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is fully underway right now, and we'll do a full training camp preview tomorrow with Eddie Tate of BlueBombers.com. Before we uh, bring in Billick, as I mentioned, Goldeyes beginning the season today on the road in Gary. Eight days from the Goldeyes home opener. Go to Goldeyes.com. You can find out more on season tickets, group packages, suite rentals, but individual tickets on sale now. Count yourself in for the big game, welcoming the Goldeyes back from the road. And Greg Taggart's first manager as Goldeyes, uh, as the Goldeyes boss on the field. And uh, as they say, Goldeyes.com for all your ticket information and getting your ducats. Don't wait in that long line showing up for walk-up. Get them beforehand and walk in. It's a heck of a lot easier. With the pitch clock now in, you don't want to miss good eating and drinking time at the ballpark waiting in line to pick up your tickets. Um, our friends at Modern Man Barbershops are now open with eight locations in Winnipeg. Had a great time at the new Pembina location last Sunday for the grand opening. We'll be doing the same thing for the new Plessy Road location coming up soon. Uh, but right now, eight are open and waiting for you to do haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Amazing selection of products as well. Expert barbers. Book your look, fellas via their website at modernmanbarber.com for any of their eight locations. And make sure to give them a follow as well on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. <clears throat> well, it's feeling like summer around here right now. Make 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech. Head on over to their website at aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And uh, with thousands of renos as their foundation, let Aquatech upgrade any space in your home. If you're looking to finance, they can also provide plans that suit you for the renovation side of things as well. And with Mother's Day on the weekend, why don't you give mom the ultimate staycation destination this Mother's Day <clears throat> with over $1,000 off select spas, pools, and home rental projects. Plus, visit Aquatech on Instagram and enter to win mom $1,000 towards a she shed. As I mentioned yesterday, you can throw your batteries in the she shed. Manitoba batteries celebrating their 10th anniversary is ready for spring and summer. And we know that this time of year means two things. One, it's time to get your motorcycles out and let the good times roll. And the grass is growing and it's going to need to be cut. But if you need a motorcycle battery, Manitoba battery will hook up you with the right fit at the best price. Or if you need a lawn tractor battery, you can get one with 280 cranking amps. <clears throat> For 42 bucks, when you return your core, 
That same battery is $30 more at the big box stores. And don't forget, not only does Manitoba Battery have the best price and the best selection and the most convenient around, when you spend more than 60 bucks, they'll bring it to you, your door anywhere in Winnipeg for free, absolutely free. To learn more, find them online, manitobabattery.com, or pop down and see them at 1026 Logan Avenue. And uh, hey, a big shout out to our friends at Canadian Club. Bombers are back right now. It won't be long before we're down by the Rum Hut and join Canadian Club, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and of course, the Canadian Club and Ginger Ale, now available in 473 milliliter cans at both Liquor Marts and your local beer vendor. Of course, you can pick up Canadian Club and all their products at any Manitoba Liquor Marts. All right. There's a lot to get to with Scott Billick as the Bombers getting going. A big championship series beginning tomorrow with the Winnipeg Ice and, of course, the Stanley Cup playoffs continuing. Billick, what's going on? How are you? Going. I just got back from actually uh, down at uh, Wayne Fleming. Uh, Seattle Thunderbirds were uh, doing uh, uh, having their first practice here in Winnipeg and uh, talked to a big bad, big bad Brad Lambert. Uh, so yeah, no, it was good. It was good to catch up with uh, Lambert, who's um, fill us there. in. How's yeah. he feeling? Uh, I come in here, a part of a team that's gone for a championship. But you know, he's played in so many different places over the last couple of years. Uh, but man, he's had incredible success. The Jets' first rounder since moving to the Western Hockey League in the second half of this season, and uh, a monster playoff run as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was interesting because mm-hmm. I was just watching him. Uh, you know, I was there. It was an hour long practice. And holy man, is he like he's he's moved to center now, right? They they've moved him to center out there in Seattle, and so he's been playing a lot of that, which has helped his you know way game, right? Um, uh, his game's gotten better, but his, his speed, his speed with the puck, like it's still there. It's and and it, it, arguably he looks faster than he was before. And I was talking to their head coach uh, Matt Odette about it, and he's like, you know, he might be the most skilled player we've had since Matt Barzell. Which is high praise, uh, you know, for 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 a guy who, um, yeah, I mean, who's been in Finland playing the pro game, uh, played with the Moose, you know, had his stint with the Jets in training camp, a couple World Juniors, uh, and now in the WHL where he's, you know, it just excelled as as a player. He said he had 17 goals, 38 points, and and I, I believe it was 26 games, 28 games after he got sent there after the World Juniors and. In the playoffs, he's got another 20 points, uh, I believe, uh, through their 12 games. Um, you know, they had a little bit of a, you know, a lull, but he, he's playing on a line with D- Dylan Gunther, and, and Dylan Gunther's ninth overall pick for Arizona, played uh, 33 games in the, in the NHL this year, and they've developed the chemistry on that team, and, and yeah, they look really good. I mean, that team, you know, you, you want to see, you, you just, you watch practice a lot of time, I've been to, you know, Jets practices all year. The way that the Seattle Thunderbirds practiced, it, it was high energy, high pace, um, you know, high, you know, everybody was just happy, right? Like it was, it was like, you know, all these, these guys are getting to play for the Memorial Cup. You know, Seattle was in the final last year, lost to Edmonton uh, eventually. You know, this year they have another chance. And then, you know, but you got to go and you got to beat the Winnipeg Ice, which they did during the regular season. Um, but this is a different beast. This is a different animal. And, you know, I think there's about 17 NHL draft picks combined between these two teams. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a series starting tomorrow night at Canada Life Center. Well, and Billick, I mean, for local hockey fans, the best news all week 
was the announcement of the move to Canada Life Center. And yeah. I'm not sure how long that had been in the works. I'm sure True North would be uh, was hoping that the Manitoba Moose would still be playing. And we right. know that the Moose uh, the Moose season ended up in a heartbreaking fashion in Milwaukee in that deciding game number five. Um, but I really think that these two games are going to be, uh, I hope that they'll be well attended and have a great atmosphere um, because this Winnipeg ice team, first of all, is just too good to be playing a championship series in front of a couple thousand people out on the campus uh, at the U of M. Yeah. And I mean, it's an extra treat for Jet fans to be able to see Brad Lambert first and foremost, but also some incredible top picks from other teams around the league. I, I think it's just going to be a great weekend with the games on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's it, right? I'm, I'm interested to see what the crowds look like tomorrow because, you know, I, I think there's just it, it, it's it's a tremendous opportunity for fans to, to watch, you know, the next great players in this game, and and you know, not all of them are going to turn out to be that way, but you you get to see the Connor Geekies and the Matt Savoys, um, the Carson Lambos, you know, the hometown kid, the captain of the Winnipeg Ice, the Minnesota Wild draft pick, and then you get to see. Yeah, you know, obviously you get to see the guys like Dylan Gunther, who's you know a, a you know a great player for Team Canada, the World Juniors, um, and 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 is going to be a great player in the league um, coming up. And then Brad Lambert. I mean, you know, we talked about Lambert already, but it's just like you know, here's a guy who you know was taken in the third round. He fell uh, quite far in, in or in the first round. Sorry, he fell quite far, taken thirtieth overall. Um, but you know, there's a lot of people out there last year at the draft who are like, you know, the Jets are getting a steal here um, in, in Lambert. And I mean, he's, you know, to be compared. I mean, you know, head coaches are going to do this. They're going to, you know, they're going to say whatever. But you know, you don't you don't compare a player to Matt Barzell just willy nilly either. And and so that that's an interesting it was an interesting comparison. And you know, Lambert also interesting is that you know the Jets and I was talking to Matt Odette about this. Um, and, and, and the Jets gave them the freedom to play Lambert where they felt that he could. And so they moved him back to center. And, and he played center in his junior days in, in, in Finland and growing up. They moved him out to wing um, for um, when he was playing pro and all that. Um, but it, it's interesting to see Matt, uh, to see Brad Lambert at, at center. I mean, what does that mean for the Jets? Does it mean anything? Um, who knows? Lambert's not the biggest kid, but uh, he's still 19. I mean, there's still time for him to put some the muscle on his frame and he has the speed in the two-way game right now um i'm told that 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 that, that can you know can transition uh in into the pro ranks so it, it'd be interesting to see if if the jets are are, are finding a, a center that they didn't really you know maybe expect to have and, and well so, yeah. i mean that's a great point i mean especially with all the discussions about the center uh, yeah. position right now yeah. and i'm not suggesting that brad lambert's going to walk in and be a top six center in the nhl next year but I mean, this was a guy, as you mentioned, he certainly did fall compared to where people thought he'd be at the start of the year. But there was a reason why a year yeah. earlier he was thought of as, you know, a, like not a top 10 pick, a top three pick in the draft. Right. And, um, you know, he's played in a number of different Finnish leagues. He started this year with the Manitoba Moose, now excelling in the Western Hockey League. And uh, I, I'm sure you got the feeling that the confidence that maybe was lacking a little bit over a yeah. really tough sort of 12, 16 month period for Brad is back and it's back in a big way. And uh, it, it seems like the decision to send him to the Western hockey league was certainly a good one because everything that I think the team wanted to see is happening right now. And that's a good thing for a young man that, 
you know, was so highly touted even at 16 years old that uh, I'm not sure it's entirely fair what happened to him. But um, the bottom line is teams make their own decisions, and this could be to the benefit of the Winnipeg Jets, who many people say, as you mentioned, stole him at 30 overall. Yeah, and, you know, and that's the thing. He he was full of confidence, right? I mean, even asking him about the series, he's like, you know, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, Winnipeg finished four points ahead of you, and he interrupted. He's like, yeah, but we beat them. You know, we beat them in the regular season, and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I mean, no, you know, and and so you know, they they feel coming in, and, and Lambert was one that you know I was talking to about. It. I mean, they feel that they have everything that it takes to beat the Winnipeg Ice, and. And, and Lambert being on a top line with Dylan Gunther and Reed Schaefer um, is is one of the reasons why they think they, they feel that they can compete in this series and 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 not only just give Winnipeg a run for their money but actually just win the series. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's been it's been it's been a learning experience for Lambert. Um, it's been I think it's been a good experience. I think there's a lot of people that wanted, including myself. I mean, it's a bit of a lesson learned that. You know, maybe it is a good idea for these guys that have played, you know, sometimes they've played the pro game in Europe. That it's not a bad thing to go to the WHL. He was disappointed to go down. Um, no different than Dylan Gunther, who who also went down, his line mate there. Um, but, you know, the way that Brad talked to me about it was, you know, you got to deal with it. You know, you, you just got drafted and then you don't know, you know, coming over what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, he went there and, and he's he's done nothing but – uh, increase his stock among, you know, the people there, and 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 it sounds like you know within the Jets organization. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he couldn't have handled it better, and that's what you like to see from a, you know a nineteen year old that's still kind of, you know, maturing and coming into his own as a, as a, as a hockey player. Yeah, all that being said, I mean, there'll be a lot of focus on Brad Lambert and the visitors, but um, this has been a long time coming for the Winnipeg Ice. And yeah. you mentioned they made it to the uh, the third round mm-hmm. last year against uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings, who ended up bouncing them. Um, but this has been the year. I think over the last three years, they've been building up to this moment. And, um, you know, for them to move to the Canada Life Center, to have a bigger crowd, first and foremost, that's fantastic. But... This is uh, this is what they've been working for the entire organization for a number of years, and it's an incredibly daunting opponent. But there's a reason why the Winnipeg Ice have home ice advantage. They have been the best team from start to finish in the Western Hockey League, and you know the likes of top draft pro- prospect Zach Benson and all the yep. other guys that you mentioned that have been played uh, uh, that have been picked already, um, ready to go for this. I I just can't wait for uh, tomorrow night's game. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great matchup, right? I mean, literally, I mean, yeah, I mean you have nearly twenty draft picks on the ice, as I said earlier, and but you just have like two types of games that I think really kind of complement each other. I mean, you know, Winnipeg's very much a speed skill game, and, and and Seattle has that too. Um, both teams can play heavy. Both teams have big boys. Both teams have strong goaltending. Um, so it, it's literally, I mean, and, and it should be. I mean, this is the way it should be when you get to a final. Is it, it pits the best against the best, and and that's what you're going to have. You're going to have the two top teams in the WHL this season fighting it out for a chance to go to the Memorial Cup, and you know it, it doesn't get any better. I you know I think for the players, and it doesn't get any better for the fans who are going to get to watch, um, you know, some really good hockey. I mean, I I've always enjoyed watching junior hockey because it's it, there's still there's still a raw element to it. It's not super refined, obviously, like like the NHL is, and, you know, so there's going to be mistakes. There, there, there's a lot of big hits. The emotions there, 
I mean, you've got a lot of, you know, 18, 19 year old, 20 year old kids that are, that, that are still learning how to be disciplined and stuff like that. So, and, and mistakes get made. And so it's, it's, it's a reasonably raw form of hockey, but it, it, it's, it, it's an exciting form of hockey to watch. And yeah, it should be good. It should be interesting to watch inside. I mean, you know, the ice mm-hmm. and, and, and Seattle have both played, you know, they, they play in NHL rinks for so the season. Edmonton plays out of Rogers arena in Edmonton. So, it, you know, it's not going to be a daunting, uh, atmosphere um in terms of you know playing in a big ring well, i but, think they'll uh, be really fired be up cool. yeah and, and you exactly. know what and, and and these kids deserve it um and again i'm not going to get yeah. into a big discussion about you know where they've been playing for the last little while i think you know under the circumstances they've done their best to make things happen obviously i'm sure the pandemic impacted some of the plans for a, a bigger home and we'll find out what the future is for this team is after this but right now this team would love to represent the western hockey league in the Memorial Cup and get it done. And uh, it is all going to start tomorrow. Um, as far as the rest of the hockey scene in and around here, I mean, a very quiet week yeah. outwardly for the Winnipeg Jets. I imagine there's a ton going on behind the scenes. Um, one thing that did happen, though, is that <clears throat> Leon Gavanka uh, signed, what, a four-year deal with Mannheim in Germany. And I think that of the three defensemen that, you know, we talked a lot about with the Manitoba Moose, Gavanka, despite his 20 goals, no. Didn't really project as a, an NHL player as much as potentially Chisholm and Billy Hainala. Um, but he is gone right now. That doesn't change the fact that both Chisholm and Hainala, uh, if they're not in the Jet plans, um, yeah. might be going the road of Johnny Kovacevic. And I don't think that'll happen for a second. But, you know, we spend so much time, Scott, right now talking about the center position, the futures of Dubois and Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, Blake Wheeler. Uh, to me, the blue line is probably an under-discussed portion of the uh, uh, of the equation, and one that could very well tie into any potential deals that the Jets make. Maybe trying to take care of an issue as well in the blue line when it comes to too much salary, as well as opportunities for a couple guys that it is their time to go and show if they can play regularly in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I, you know, it, it's interesting because yeah, we we focus a lot on the big names and the ones, the biggest decisions. But I, I think we, we saw during these playoffs, you know, that this team, um, when Josh, when Josh Morrissey went out, I mean, they needed, they needed more. They didn't have the depth. And we've, we've been talking about Billy Hine. I, I feel like forever, right? Like, and, and part of the reason why I feel like forever is because when he got drafted in 2019, he came into training camp and, and he, he played games as he, an 18 year old. Well, that that's what I mean. Right. Like, Came to training camp, he was impressing everybody. He was taking on Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley in defensive drills and, and and playing well. I mean, this was this was back when you know Blake Wheeler was a ninety-one point player, and 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 so it, it was really interesting to kind of watch that. And then we go through the pandemic and all this stuff, and he went back to Finland that year, I believe. Billy did after going to the Moose for a little bit, um, but it feels like it's just been forever. And Billy is still. They're still trying to find – well, I don't even know if they're trying to find – we always say they're, they're still trying to find him a spot. I think if you want to find him a spot on the blue line, they would have. And that, that you know, and I just – that's the part I don't really understand. Like, I get that NHL defensemen aren't always ready at 18, 19, sometimes even 20, but still this league is going to that regardless of whether – some of these guys are, are ready or not. I mean, I, I understand the Josh Morrissey way of the way that they did with Josh Morrissey and, and some you know, while Jacob Trouba was a different story, 
um, because he came out of the college ranks and and, and played right away. But but it's just it's it's been a bit baffling um, with Billy because I think when he's come up and there's been times, of course, that that it's shown that that he he still has ways to go in his development, of course. I think all of these, I mean, they, they did it with Logan Stanley. They've done it with Dylan Sandberg. But Billy's the puck-moving guy out of all those three. And on a team, and I get it, this team was better at moving the puck this year. It was better at scoring. But, you know, when, when Josh wasn't available to them, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that they didn't. And and I get why you don't go to Billy at that point because he just hasn't played enough. And you're, you're putting him into that position. But, like, that's where you want him, right? Like you want him to be playing that. He could have maybe anchored the power play, but he just doesn't have enough time doing those things. And so he's been just kind of sitting there kind of. And, and so like, I don't know what that means for Declan because, you know, we look at those two and you, you wonder like, well, okay, so who's one and two now on that team? And, and you still have a crowded blue line. And, and, and until you get rid of a Schmidt or a Dylan, I don't think they want to get rid of Dylan because he offers the size. Um, and 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 the Schmidt contracts is a difficult one to move, and but he brings a lot into that, that room that that I think you know this team will need um, when they you know if they get rid of Blake Wheeler or Mark Shafley or somebody like that. So I, I don't know. I mean, are they willing to get rid of Neil Pionk um, and, and and shed some salary that way and bring some guys up? What are they doing with? I think Dylan Sandberg is going to be a full time NHLer next season. I think, well, I think, I think Dylan Samber is going to be top four right. for this team next year. Right. And so, but that's the thing. So if he's top four, what are you doing with Dylan DeMello? You know, like I, 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 I wish there was a vision for this team, man. Like I wish, I wish we knew. And, well, and the vision is, listen, I, I, to, to defend them. I mean, the vision is to play the best guys that give you the best chance to win. And I'm sorry. We saw it, a lot of Billy Hanel this year. Was Billy Hanel making this team better or giving them a better chance to win? I don't think so. And he said himself, I mean, they met the media yesterday and he was very clear. And there's two things that stand out. He said he wants to improve his speed and get another extra step, which would take him to the next level. That's great. It's about being able to handle the battles in the corners. I mean, playing 20 minutes a night in the National Hockey League against the best players in the world is an absolute grind. And I hate to say it, Billy was getting run over at times. And I think they did the right thing in putting with the Manitoba Moose because you have young defensemen that come up that get, you know, trucked and run over and abused. I mean, you can either learn to live with it. And I mean, you know, maybe if you're a a, a struggling team that it's all just about experience, like a Blackhawks or a Coyotes this year, maybe you can do that and hope that it gets better. But I mean, you know, Shane Malloy is coming on the program tomorrow and, and he has some really interesting things to say about the level of just impatience of fans, of media. Right. And when you really look back at the big picture, I mean, we're talking about like five years after guys are drafted and really ideally 200 games in the National Hockey League as to where these players are. Um, it's way too early to write Vili Hainala off, but I think it's also important to know that you know, a guy of his size needs to grow a bit more into a man. He needs to get stronger. He needs to be able to handle that more. And I think this season was certainly a step forward to that. Um, but the fact that the waiver issue is an issue next year, I mean, that was a nice right. luxury they had to, yeah. you know, to not rush him, to give him the time to to get used to playing the pro game and all that. 
But to me, it, just back to the, the situation right now about Billy, regardless of how people feel about what's happened in the last couple of years, yeah. this will be crucial for him because this is the time where you basically need to you know, shit or get off the pot, if you will, with a player like that because if he's on the roster, he needs to be helping you. And if not, maybe you're moving that asset to someone else that feels they have a spot for him that he can't help you. I really hope that he'll come in and, and earn a spot and be a guy that – that we've seen glimpses of that has excited so many people that, um, you know, that cheer for this team. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I guess I take umbrage to the fact that, like, yeah, you know, he went through some tough times this year, but it, it's been afforded to other guys to go through tough times too, right? And and so, you know, other guys have struggled and played a lot of games, and, and you know, Logan Stanley would be the the thing here, and I get the, you know, the fans don't like Logan and whatever. Um, I, you know, I he think didn't play a lot doing... this year, and he lost his job, and he spent he a lot of time in the press box, and I don't think that was helping him at all. Like no. I think Philly made more strides this year could... than Logan did, who was right. going the wrong way. But you couldn't put Logan down because you had to put him on waivers, I believe, to to put him down this year, right? So, so that that was the issue, right? You had to carry him all year, and 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 you, you, they didn't want to lose him. You already lost Jonathan Kovacevic, right? I mean, you don't mm-hmm. you don't want that to happen again. You don't want a Mikey Ice mm-hmm. to happen again, right? I mean, I, I think that's. The other thing and so well you do have to make decisions i mean listen Johnny Kovacevic was not going to be a top eight defenseman for the winnipeg jets and there obviously wasn't any takers <laughs> i mean, well, I that, mean like that's yeah. how waivers works well i mean they got him yeah montreal got him. <clears throat> oh yeah i mean you're right i mean it's true probably didn't have anything but it sounded like the jets were you know fairly confident at that point that he was going to make it through right and and then you know, all of a sudden you know montreal slides in at the first I believe they were at the first spot and never even got past that. But I had heard that nobody else had put a claim in. It was just Montreal. So, I mean, to your point, um, you know, it, it's possible there was no takers and, and Montreal took a flyer on a guy and, 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 and it, you know, mostly for the most part worked out for him, uh, for them. I mean, he, he played games. But, you know, I think with Philly, you know, in, in part, I, I agree, right? Like, I agree that he needs to get bigger. He needs to get um, – yeah, just be able to handle the the bumps and bruises and in the darker areas of ice that you have to play with the defenseman. Um, you know, I, I thought though, like I and mean, we've seen it here in the city how effective a smaller guy can be. You know, look at look at Toby Enstrom, right? I mean, so it, it can happen. I, I just I'm, I'm I just wonder if he should have been playing more than at, at other times, right? And this is the problem because we're still going back to last season and when you know when the Jets were out of it they still weren't putting Billy in the lineup and you know time if anything was the season before thing. when they didn't make the playoffs to be right. perfectly honest with that, you. that's I mean, what I meant like not not this past season but the one before right like when when you know you were out of the playoffs and there was still I don't remember how many games there were at that point when they got eliminated but you know they, they could have played him more and just give him some more minutes let him let him find and and so I this team is is you know the Jets have been very good at developing players. I mean, I I don't think we can really argue that because you've seen some of the talent that they, they they've churned out in this team. But I, sometimes I do wonder if there's a little bit of over marination that happens with with some of these guys. And I but you know at the same time there is the logistical nightmare that this team had on the blue line this year. And and you know you're trying to win hockey games and you're winning hockey games with Sandberg or, or Stanley in the lineup early on in the year and then you know in the back half of the year you're chasing down a playoff spot so you're, you're really just you know that five and six position was a revolving door with who was playing well obviously logan was injured for a bit of it and that sort of thing and 
and, and Dylan Sandberg stepped up later on in, in the year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting, right? And I, I think you're right with the, you know, the crapper get off the pot. I, I think that's what you have to do this year. Like, if if you don't foresee him in your in in your you know in in at least being the seventh defenseman next year, and I don't think that's where you want him to be. But um, you know, it, it, if you don't see him there, I, with all these moves that the Jets are potentially going to make, potentially Billy is one of the guys that 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 needs to just be on on the block, and 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 you try and recoup what you need. If you're trying to retool this team, and you're possibly going to lose your two top centers. It's going to be hard to retool, and but you know you're going to have to spend some of these, you know, the, the, this assets to potentially get, you know, I'm just throwing out a name here, but like an Elias Lindholm or somebody like that to come and replace, you know, losing your two centers. So I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, this team is going to have to find very creative ways to make up for not having, you know, to losing potentially to Blanchard. It's funny you mentioned Lindholm because he's a name that I've kicked around. And I've I've heard people kick around. I mean, would I love to have him on the Jets? Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you're, he's got an expiring contract as well. I yeah. mean, you basically well, need to, to have some sort of extension. And yeah. to me, I think that's far, far more difficult for the Jets at this point to get a right. guy to get traded and income to an extension, yeah. you know, as opposed to moving those guys, particularly at the center position, for some younger players under team control that don't have the NHL resumes that you believe in that can turn into those guys, which opens up that window. Uh, we'll certainly have some time to talk about this, uh, Scotty, over the next few uh, weeks heading into the draft. And uh, I know we'll be talking bombers, but um, I guess you're going to be all over the uh, ice series for uh, for the Winnipeg Sun yeah, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, definitely there. We're there for both games, so that should be good. And. Actually, looking forward to some gold eyes baseball. You were talking about it early oh, on. Cannot wait. I talked to Greg Taggart for an hour and twenty minutes yesterday. I, I I told him at the start, I was like, I only need you for you know five ten minutes, right? But I got him started on the, the 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 pitch clock, and he was like, I love it. You know, like he he loves the pitch clock. People he, are going to be blown it. away when they yeah. get to the game. Like I, I went to those games in Toronto when I was out there a few weeks ago. Yeah, and it it was. It was such a different viewing experience than what you're used to for my entire life watching baseball. Yeah. And, you know, some of those games in the American Association really did drag on. I mean, you know from covering yeah. them, sometimes yeah. you're getting 3 out of 15, 3.30. Yeah. For nine-inning games, <clears throat> that is history. And uh, yeah. as I said to Andrew, you better leave the uh, the – food and beer and vendors yeah. open a little later on than closing yeah. at the uh, seventh inning because that could be real quick and it'll lose people. Well, anyways, one way or yeah. the other, we'll meet you on Craft Beer Corner at some point soon when the fish get going next week. Yeah, sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Right on. Thanks, Scott. There's Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun. Uh, Ruwiki's coming up next, and we will talk more NHL playoffs with our old pal Dave McCarthy from NHL.com coming up at the end of the program. Uh, before we get to Brandon, <clears throat> if you're looking for great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, Winnipeg's best large uh, selection of local products, you got to get down to one of seven Vita Health Fresh Market stores. And with this gorgeous weather, you know what time it is. It's barbecue season. Stock up on some delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And to help you digest that red meat, try Health First Primezyme Digestive Enzymes. Heartburn, gas, bloating, and abdominal pain after meals may be signs you're not digesting food well. Health First Primezyme can supplement enzyme levels to help break down proteins, carbohydrates, fats, lactose, and reduce digestive discomfort. 
That way you can enjoy that delicious food you're cooking. Pick it up now at Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, and online at myvita.ca. Uh, springtime, a lot of projects happening. How's your fence? Did it did it winter well? If your property needs the security and protection of a new fence or if winter's done a number on your old one, give Wallace & Wallace a call, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialist. And as I mentioned, if it's time to replace your garage door, Wallace & Wallace has Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors too. 452-2700 is the number. The Wallace & Wallace team will arrange a time to come and give you a free estimate. You could also visit them online at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. How's the closet looking heading into spring and summer, fellas? If you need to up your menswear game, head on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties if you need to get fitted up with the guys for the big day. And uh, if you got a 2023 high school grad, Get him a new suit, and F Apparel will throw in a free custom shirt and tie valued at about 150 bucks. F Apparel's down at 190 Smith Street downtown. See him or make an appointment online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And as we mentioned right off the bat, absolutely glorious weather. Barbecue season is in effect, and it's also blizzard season. The good kind. Pop on down to one of four Nick and Nicky DQs and try all the new summer blizzard flavors. You can see them at DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's, and the DQ out in Niverville. And if you do need a DQ ice cream cake or a blizzard cake custom made for an event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll make it as you want it and uh, get it ready for a quick and easy pickup at your local Nick and Nicky DQ. All right, let's get Rewiki in here. Lots going on in the National Hockey League. Certainly uh, exciting times for our junior team here in Winnipeg. And... Uh, Brandon's team making some moves today as well. Rue, what's going on? How are you? Uh, I've been better, man. It's it's allergy season, so I'm ah. I'm, I'm fighting it pretty good right now. Um, location well at the house with the the little one probably running around in the background there. So we're uh, we're we're fighting through it. We're battling through it. <laughs> uh, the uh, there's a few teams that are battling through it right now in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well, which we'll get to in a minute, but. Big news today. I've got to ask you about your Flyers. Uh, Keith Jones, president of Hockey Ops. Danny Briere, officially the GM. Uh, how's the Flyer Nation feeling about the uh, the new uh, appointments to uh, run the ship there in Philly? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know if you saw this either, but earlier, before they made the announcements official, they, they kind of unveiled this new marketing slogan, if you will, that this is a brand new era of orange in Philadelphia. And so to usher us into a brand new era of Philadelphia hockey, they bring in two members of previous Flyers hockey teams like they've done for the past 50 plus years. So I, I, I don't know, like, it's funny. I was talking to my brother about this yesterday and I'm, I, I was like, I was, I, I guess, upset about it, but then he just kind of brought this up. And now I'm, I'm, I'm in his camp where it's like, I'm, I'm just tired of being negative. Like, I'm just, like, whatever. It's let's just be paused. Like, let's just hope. Let's just hope they 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 get lucky with this one. I mean, it's 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 not a home run move on the surface. Like, don't get me wrong. There, I mean, you're going with a completely green GM, completely green pres of hockey ops. the The potential for this to backfire is 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 definitely there in a big way. But to me, at the very least, like I'm a big believer in Danny Breer as a GM. 
And putting Keith Jones in this position to me insinuates that this team is all in on Danny Briere running every single thing from the hockey side of things. So he's going to be the one that trades, free agents, contracts, all that stuff. That that all runs through him. And so if you're a believer in him, then you know what? You're probably going to think this might work out okay. And you know, I, I was wondering about this the other day. I don't know if you have the answer. If you do and it's negative, don't tell me. But how many how many players, like former players that were skilled guys that went on to become general managers, failed you know, in a big, big way at, at that job? Like a lot of the best GMs right now in hockey were guys that could put the puck in the net. Like it wasn't the the grinder or the the seventh defenseman. I, I don't know. I think there might be something to that there. And Danny B seems like a smart guy. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll try to hold on to whatever optimism I have left here because it's been kind of uh, draining to have. Uh, you'll for, you'll for be that. all fired up when the Flyers make their pick at the draft in Nashville at the end of June. And uh, I thought you would have been more fired up if they could have somehow won that lottery. Um, what did you think about the, uh, Circus on Monday night, I, obviously an unfortunate broadcast error, which um, kind of hung over the uh, over it all. But um, <clears throat> bottom line, it, Bedard going to the Blackhawks, uh, I would say probably the worst team on paper in the National Hockey League. Um, but a place with a rich hockey history, an original six team, and a clear blank slate for um, Kyle Davidson to rebuild this team along with the most exciting player coming out of junior probably since Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Bedard, through no fault of his own, might be one of the league's biggest villains by the time he steps onto the ice in game one. Like, it, it, there was nobody happy about that. And it couldn't have happened to a worse franchise <laughs> outside of Pittsburgh, I guess. But they're not threatening to move the team yet, so they won't win a draft lottery for a couple more years. Um, but I think it was, it was pretty disappointing, right? Especially the fact that he's going to be in the central, terrorizing Winnipeg. Oh, for, for right It'll be there. fun to watch him a couple times or three times a year. In the regular season, not so much in the playoffs uh, eventually. But let me ask you this, because I talked about this a little bit yesterday on the show, and I've been thinking about this more and more since Monday, and I'm interested in your perspective on, you know, what this does to the Blackhawks, not long-term, but short-term, right now, year one of Bedard's entry-level contract. I mean, this team is so bad I was talking about potential. I mean, we got started saying they need a center that can be there for a few years, that can, you know, that can get a lot out of Bedard, that doesn't have him playing with a bunch of slugs on a 29th place team. And obviously there's a couple centers here in Winnipeg that may very well find themselves going somewhere. Um, we were talking about the possibility of how good Mark Shifley look, might look and how keen he might be on you know, starting a new chapter with a player like Connor Bedard. I have a hard time looking at anything on their roster that's attractive to come back and trade. But the question is more about where the Blackhawks are. I think they were planning on being terrible again next year, which they probably will be no matter what. <clears throat> but because you have Bedard, I mean, do you want him starting his career on a team that wins 18 games out of 82 and, you know, gets into that? Like, do you think that this getting the number one pick and knowing that you have him on an ELC for three years changes the challenges for Davidson to try to move this forward and maybe not even make the playoffs next year, but have a much more competitive team that gets more out of Bedard right out of the gate, as opposed to waiting a couple of years for all of these picks to turn into something. Yeah. I mean, I think it's yes and no. I mean, 
<laughs> Chicago's got over 40 million in cap space right now. So, I mean, they can they can do some damage in, in a number of different ways. But if but if I'm, you know, Davidson over there, and it's pretty wild, they've got two first round picks for the next three years at least. Yeah. And like what, eight second rounders in the next three years? They've got four I, this year. I know that. I, I, I'm not going to be shocked to see them add more. And if, if you're Chicago at this point and the cap doesn't go up in a big, big way till not this upcoming season, but the year after that, they're like, why not take on a few bad contracts here? You know, not ones that go for four or five years, but if there's a one year or a two year, even maybe, maybe even a three, pick up a couple more picks here. But like you said, there's, they're so barren right now that those guys are probably going to end up being, you know, high end co- contributors on that team. And then you flip them at the deadline for even more picks. So it, that, that was the, there, there was like a, a double sided allure to Connor Bedard. The first, obviously, being you get a generational prospect. But it just changes the franchise in such a massive way. Like any franchise that would have got him, it basically shaves off a year or two of either a rebuild or it can kickstart a re- whatever you want to call it. And that, that's what it does there. And it, it completely changes everything. And when you have that piece up at the top of your lineup, it's real, real easy for everybody else to, to slot in nicely beneath that. So it's unfortunately, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how long the rebuild's been going on in Chicago, but I'll tell you what. Did they tank in everybody's faces? Yes. Did it absolutely work 1,000% in their favor and set them up for success within the next two or three years? Hell yeah, it did. And there's probably a bunch of GMs that should have followed Cal Davidson's shameless approach to building this team. Well, Gary Bettman said teams don't tank. There's no tanking. Come on. What are you talking about? Well, actually, I'm pretty sure there was, and they just got the biggest prize. And we'd seen it happen a couple times before. I mean, Buffalo had the epic epic tank job in 2014-15 and in a way it sort of worked I mean there was no guarantee that they were getting Connor McDavid but by being the worst team in the league that year it guaranteed them of getting Jack Eichel now they've changed the draft lottery rules twice since then for different reasons one because Buffalo basically guaranteed themselves getting one of those two guys and then I know Detroit's been pissed off that they keep on being terrible and they move down to fourth or fifth every year and haven't picked in the top three. I mean, it's a lottery. It's, you know, there's a lot of luck involved. And, um, you know, the bottom line is if you're really bad, you'll have a better chance of getting those big time players. And this draft in particular, it seemed brought that out. And I'm with you. I mean, it's not a great look and it's not great for precedent that that sort of a tank job to that level was rewarded with a player that has turned that franchise around overnight. I've already seen that his ELC is basically paid for already from new season tickets that they've signed, uh, that they've <laughs> sold since they got the other day. But um, I just on that topic, though, I mean, if Kyle Davidson thought, you know what, Mark Scheife would be a perfect guy to play with Connor Bedard, uh, and I think that there'd be some interest in him to sign beyond this year. Is there anything that Chicago would have that would make sense to the Winnipeg Jets to do a deal like that? Because really, they've got Tampa's pick this year. They've got a couple picks next year. But it really is picks. I mean, I guess they picked Korchinski last year. A couple guys that they'd pick early on. And he was, what, a seventh overall pick? But, uh, I mean, they already got rid of Kirby Doc. Alex DeBrincat's gone. I mean, there, there just isn't almost anything that is on the roster of even a mediocre team on that club right now. Yeah, you, you can't get any element of future or present 
in a trade with Chicago right now. I, I was going to say Korchinski and, and Lucas Reichel, but I mean, at this point, if you're Chicago, why, why move those guys? Right. Like they can, they can, they won't be able to bring in a, a Shifley or somebody of, of that caliber, but you know, if you can get somebody that's maybe a little over the hill and you can acquire a pick mm-hmm. or something to come along with that per like, why wouldn't you do that? And then you go ahead and flip them at the deadline because they're not going to be in your plans long-term. So I, 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 I kind of envision that, that playing out for Chicago here where they're in a way, they're going to be the Arizona coyotes this season. Um, they just have Connor Bedard there instead of whoever the coyotes will take it at, at number six. Mm-hmm. So that's the main difference there, but there really is no reason why, why Chicago should immediately flip the switch to time to compete here. Uh, because we saw with, with Connor McDavid on a, on a, and they were bad too, but on a much better Oilers team when, when McDavid was 18, uh, was, didn't they end up with Pugliarvi the year after that? Like they finished third or fourth last in the NHL. That's the very likely scenario to play out this year with Chicago. So there's really no point of, you know, adding on a whole bunch here because if Bedard comes out and has a point a game, that might boost you all the way to the fourth or fifth worst record in the NHL this year. So I, I, I think Chicago just continues to stockpile picks and prospects this year. And then, may, I mean, wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that when, he, when Bedard's 19, Chicago goes, all right, it's time to start winning again, which is great after they've had such a tough decade in terms of success <laughs> of the playoffs and things like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brandon Rowicki's with us. Check out Skates and Plates wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, you know, it's an interesting concept to talk about, you know, how the situations change in Chicago. But I don't think as much as, you know, some angles of it might make sense. I don't really think that there's any sort of fit with the Jets. But Brandon, as uh, discussions are happening, I'm sure with agents behind the scenes, let's assume that Pierre-Luc Dubois says not interested in a long-term extension. And I'll be honest, I'm of the opinion that I don't think the Jets are really interested in extending Mark Shifley. I think they realize that it's time to sort of turn this over and move. So let's just say that that is the case or Shifley's not interested in extension and they realize that they've got one year left on these two guys and are looking at dealing them right now. Regardless of team, that might be a fit. If you're Kevin Dayoff, what makes sense for a fair return in a deal that in, for either of those centers with one year left of term? I, I mean, there's really only two ways you can go with it, I think. I think you either go for... I mean, I guess you could just do like a futures package, but to me, like what what I'd be looking for is one impactful young player coming back that can, you know, play a role in your team this year, but they're not going to be at the level of either of those two right out of the gate. I think you get either a young guy that you hope grows into that role in a year or two, or you go out there and you maybe get a slightly watered down version of those two. And I, I, I heard you, and I mentioned this last week when I was with you, and then, you know, Bill had mentioned it there at the, at, at the tail end, but, I know it's not the ideal situation, but I mean, Elias Lindholm does make a lot of sense. And then it's on Chevy and the rest of the team there to convince him to stay before, you know, the the, the next eight months come to an end or so. I, it, it's not going to be a perfect option, right? Like it's, you're going to have to take some risk one way or the other if you're Winnipeg. But if you're, if you're officially set in motion that, you know what, we're moving on from either of these guys and we got to find a way to stay competitive. There's going to be risk in terms of trying to get a young guy to come in and step up right away. And there's going to be risk if you have to get a guy with maybe only a year left on his deal. But there's no other real option for you if you want to try to be competitive this year, which by all accounts, the Winnipeg Jets are are hell-bent in doing. So 
not not the greatest options there, but I, I can really only see it playing out one of those two ways. To me, it's a shame because if this would have happened last year, one of the teams that I think would have been really, really interested would have been Carolina with Marty Nikash. And you saw what happened there with him this year. You know, it blooms into a, a point-of-game player, and, and Nikash isn't, Nekash, whatever his name is, isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So now it's on the Winnipeg Jets if they want to go that route. Okay, who's going to be that guy, and are we going to be able to do enough to get them in a deal and then put them in the right position to succeed here in Winnipeg? You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, Montreal, of course, has been a team that has been uh, long rumored to be the future eventual destination of Pierre-Luc Dubois. And, I mean, there's a couple different ways that this could go. I mean, the Jets could try and work out a deal with them that makes sense for them right now. I mean, maybe they're interested in a Kirby Doc. The French media seems to be hell-bent on trading the fifth overall pick to the Jets for that. I yeah. I mean, that would be... If the Jets were able to pull that off, I think that would be a really popular deal, I think, for the fan base. And to be honest, I think it would make a lot of sense for the long-term future of the club with where the team is at right now. Uh, And let's face it, it's a really good draft. I mean, you'd be getting a stud player at fifth overall with some pretty, pretty tantalizing choices. If that happened, though, I mean, you want to talk about speeding up the rebuild of Montreal after being so bad last year. I mean, you're talking about having a center depth of Nick Suzuki, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Kirby Doc. And, I mean, I guess Christian Dvorak is your fourth-line center or he's moved elsewhere on. I mean, that's pretty good. If the Cavs were able to do that, they might be able to justify giving up that pick because it's less about the future now and more about trying to be a competitive team that can be a playoff a playoff team. And I think they had a lot of patience over the last couple seasons for where they were after that miracle run to the cup final. But it, it, it's I never would have thought that that would have been something that's on the table. And maybe Montreal, maybe this is just something that media are talking about that they're not interested in at all. But man, when you when you talk about that that center depth, I mean, that would be pretty intriguing to get that. And, of course, I think they know they'd be able to get Dubois into an extension right now and have that cost certainty going forward. Yeah, I mean, they're for sure the one team that knows they have that in the back pocket there. I Man, they, everybody talks about top five, top seven, top eight picks getting traded every year. And then guess what? They haven't happened in over 20 years. The, the landscape of the NHL has changed so drastically that they are – the most valuable things on the planet. It's like a quarterback on a rookie deal in the NFL. Like it's just, it, it really changes the way you're able to build your team. The weird thing and, is the picks don't often get traded, but the players picked with those picks do yeah. all the time. Exactly. Dubois, Line A, Eichel. I mean, we could go down the list. a year or two Kirby Doc. <laughs> yeah, once they become actual players, they get moved, but the actual <laughs> pick itself never gets traded. I mean, hey, I'll tell you what, if, if Montreal. If they if, if Hughes calls up Chevy and says number five's on the table, the deal is done before the phone's even hung up. You know, like you don't even hesitate whatsoever. Nothing else is at like Dubois five. Yep, done. Papers drawn up. We'll see you guys later. And then I mean, look, if you have the fifth pick, if you're the Jets, yeah, go draft, go draft a potential stud at five. You could shop the pick for, at that point, right? Like you have so many options on you know laid at your feet there if you're Kevin Sheveldayoff that it's an absolute no-brainer but I to be honest I'm not even I'm not even entertaining that as a possibility I I just don't see it playing out that way I mean maybe Montreal tries to get aggressive and, and makes a move for him um but look if I'm the Jets I'm I'm not even worried about Montreal one bit here I'll I'll go talk to LA who's looking to make a splash I'll go talk to the Rangers name your other Boston Boston I mean Bo- yeah Boston makes a ton of sense for for either one of your two centers right but look if 
if you're if you're PLD and there's all this smoke about oh I'm only going to Montreal, only going to Montreal, you know, playing pro hockey in LA for the next seven years sounds pretty like that's a pretty good consolation prize. Go to the rest of those cities and that works too. So it's not just Montreal or nothing else here. I think even without an extension. There's a very real possibility Dubois gets moved to one of these other spots. I agree. Says, I totally I'll agree. I'll stay here for the next six, seven years if everything's going good well, for me and the, the team and all that. And, and, and I mean, how's this? This is a juicy, juicy possibility for Jet fans who were bent about the way this has gone and the Montreal influence and all of that. Can you imagine, Brandon, if Dubois was traded to the Boston Bruins? and went in, had a great season, realizes, you know what, this is an unbelievable organization, a great place to live and play. Uh, I can follow in the footsteps of Patrice Bergeron, who was this incredible two-way French center playing for the Bruins. And then he's going up against the Montreal Canadiens for the next eight, nine years of his career. I mean, that to me would be the perfect way this ends as long as you know Winnipeg gets what they need back in a deal. Yeah, you know, and I mean, Boston's interesting because they're obviously going to make. I mean, it might it might be a goalie they bring in, it might be a centerman, but I don't I don't know. Who who do they have that's of interest to the Jets that that they're actually willing to move? Like they've got. I mean, yeah, McAvoy would be, would be a hell of a beat, but they're not going to move him. Did you um, see? Uh, did you see Jimmy Murphy threw up on his thing? Uh, what would Bruins fans feel about trading McAvoy oh. for Pierre Luc Dubois? Remus sent that to me on the DMs, and I went back to look at it, and the tweet's no longer there. So I have a yep. feeling he's deleted it. <laughs> he probably didn't want that one on the record. Um, McAvoy's a hell of a player. I mean, if you get a guy that's signed to term, again, I'm not sure whether he's got a no-move or anything. Like, that's the other part of things, that it's so difficult. You know, even if, big picture, you're thinking about going for an established player that has term on his contract but signed at, like, a market rate – doesn't really work. It's often not possible for Winnipeg. And that is why I continue to go back to, you know, whether it's Hellebuck and Dubois and Shifley moving out, and maybe you're getting a goalie, one of the goalies from Bruins back in one of those trades with Boston. And, you know, Hellebuck's going to a place like LA and you're trying to get like a Quinton Byfield who hasn't popped yet at the NHL level, but obviously he was picked very high for a reason. You know, you're, you're changing around those assets. But the bottom line is, for those players, I mean, the Jets do have guys that, if they are moved, um, I think would have incredible demand around the league. And I guess there's the other possibility. I, I think I would prefer, and I'm sure the organization would prefer, to make these decisions to know where they're at going into next season. Because um, you don't really want to have all this stuff hanging around and have it, you know, no guys have one foot out the door while things go. And I think it would probably really impact the team on the ice, to be honest. But I'll tell you what, I mean, for all that we're talking about, what would be available right now, heading into the draft for a Shifley, for a Dubois, I'm not sure that the price might even be higher at the deadline, to be honest. But there's a price to be paid for having those guys on it and waiting to make that decision. I think it basically nukes your season next year, one way or the other. Yeah, I I mean you're not you're not wrong, but I think there I think where the Jets are at right now, there's a lot more value in having new faces in. I agree. As opposed to maybe extracting the most potential value. So I yeah, I would I would agree, but to me it's just it's more important to get the clean break. Let's start new, start fresh. I mean, if you're trading some of these guys for picks or prospects or whatever, you get, you know, a year you get a year ahead of yourself at the very least, right? I I, I think this is something that needs to get done before 
before the draft, at, at the very latest, before free agency gets underway. I mean, for Dubois' case, it literally has to get done before free agency or else a team can offer sheet, you know, whatever the salary is, but a first and a third round pick. And that's all the Winnipeg Jets would be able to get back or they keep them, but they can't trade them for a full year that walks them right to free agency. And if Montreal went ahead and did that, which they've done in the past, you know, Dubois is actually going to go out there and sign it. So I, I, I think we need to see some of those moves happen sooner than later. And on top of all that too, Hus, I, I really think that one of the things the Winnipeg Jets have failed to maybe not take advantage of, but but target in terms of their their team building is is not so much draft and develop, but I, I think it's got to be trade and develop. Because, you know, Nikash last year could have been a potential answer to that. You mentioned, you know, if Byfield's on the market there. You know, ELC guys don't have no trade clauses. Or, you know, guys That's that why are, we can get them. You can get them, and they have no say in it. But, you know, the same way that a Dubois might want to re-sign in L.A. if he went there and, you know, tested out the life, who's to say that if a young guy is acquired by the Jets, you give him high-end minutes? You know, like a lot of these other guys that have signed with Winnipeg, they fall in love with the city, the team, the organization. And that's how you're able to keep high-end talent in the fold as opposed to going out there and trying to, can you waive this clause? Can you waive that one, knowing that they're they're never going to do it? So. The opportunity is there for them. I mean, we see guys every year in the offseason traded that nobody really anticipates them being moved for. Uh, I I think that's got to be a much more sharpened focus is, you know, we can trade for guys, but let's trade for guys. And this sounds bad, but let's trade for guys that don't have a choice about coming. That's reality. (laughs) That is reality. Um, Brandon Rowicki's with us. Uh, Hey, Rue, before we go, um, what have you thought about the second round? By the way, I see Remus in chat saying, uh, it, Remus, is this right? Nurse got one game? Yeah, literally just came out. Um, Darnell Nurse suspended for one game, and Todd Woodcroft, find, sorry, J, is that Jay Woodcroft, fined uh, $10,000. So for the instigator on that penalty in the last five minutes of the game, I was stunned that they got, I mean, that was brewing for multiple games. Um and I guess now we'll see. Now, now I think Peter Angelo is getting a suspension for sure. But uh, just thoughts on that series so far, uh, Brandon. Oilers Vegas 2-2 right now. And uh, the way things ended last night in a convincing Oilers win. Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll find out how much a lumberjack chop gets you. <laughs> because that, 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 that's, if you're going to slash somebody, I mean, I, that's probably the way to go. But, I mean, my God. It's funny, too, Hus, because if, if Leon Dreisaitl goes down there grabbing his wrist, leaves the game and he's questionable or doubtful for, for game five, Petrangelo probably gets the rest of the series, right? Because the NHL has always yeah. stole them suspension based on how injured the person is in that situation. Um, so I, I, I mean, he's got to get a game. This isn't even debatable. He's, he's going to get a game. Is it, is it two? I mean, I, I personally think it's worthy because that's as deliberate as intent to injure can get in the NHL. But I, I think it also makes it a lot easier when Nurse gets a game, Petrangelo gets a game. It's almost like an even-out situation, which the NHL loves to do, whether it's either officiating or, or, or suspension-wise. But that, that's Coincidental minors, we will have coincidental yeah, suspensions. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that's been the best series so far. But even then, we haven't had a competitive game yet. Yeah, it's just been ex- weird how there's been blowouts all over the place. I mean, Toronto-Florida has been the closest one, I would say. Um, but other than that, it's has been the greatest round two so far. Maybe the conference finals might be a little juicier, but 
Um, you know, I, I, I have my eye on the Maple Leafs as well, just because we talk so much trade stuff. And I mean, if they flame out in game five here, it's, it's pretty obvious there's going to be some, some monumental changes coming out of Toronto too, but you know, they, they've got a ton of high end talent there. I know it's big money deals and all that, but you wonder if they're going to ship anybody out. Would, would there be a potential fit in Winnipeg if you're looking to maybe bring in talent for talent or make a trade one for one, something like that. So Something to keep an eye on if, if there's anybody out there that wants your whistle with the Maple Leafs. But um, I'm kind of already looking forward to the conference finals because I, it's just been it's been a bizarre round where you pretty much turn the games off 35 minutes in so far. Uh, the, the performance of the Panthers has been uh, has been really, I mean, something to see. And listen, credit to the Leafs for, uh, you know, not whimpering out and, you know, getting their doors blown off and the humiliation of the sweep. Florida still in complete control with this one going back to Toronto and no one is enjoying the attention of this series more than one Paul Maurice right now. That being said, we always knew that Maurice really liked bite to his team and, you know, early on in the Maurice term, I think there was more of that than later on when the team got a little bit more skilled and fast. It seems to be paying off right now. And listen, I don't have a lot of time for the BS that happened at the end of the game and guys taking cheap shots and punching Mitch Marner in the face. I mean, it's a joke. However, that sort of intimidation, I, we've seen it before with the Boston Bruins. As I said to Remus before, that reminded me of Brad Marchand just punching Sedin, the Sedin yeah. in the face. And we're like, what the heck is he going to do? Um but what have you thought about Florida? And I mean, how dangerous is this team? If Bob keeps playing the way he is, to potentially be an eight seed that, you know, goes to the cup final and dare I say is potentially win it. The 2012 LA Kings have been reincarnated. Is that, is that what yeah. you're getting at? Yeah. It looks a lot like that, doesn't it? I mean, I, I'll just on that part with the end of the game shenanigan, it, I mean, that was pure Bush league. It's really too bad that you can't like penalize a team to start the next game. And that's it because they're just getting free shots and knowing that like, it's a great we're point. Get for this, but it's, it, it looks awful. And I, it, I just thought it was Bush League. I, I don't know if Maurice. I don't think Maurice necessarily did it. I think it's just Ben and Kachuk are two, you know, two, two guys that know how the game works. And like, hey, let's get a couple of freebies in, and you know, they're not going to do much. We're not going to get suspended for it either. Um, but I, you know, they they play a lot like the Jets did in 2018. Like they're aggressive up in the neutral zone. It's really difficult to kind of get any sort of offensive rhythm going through the middle of the ice there, and especially. A team like the Leafs that likes to carry the puck into the zone, it's they, they they make it really really difficult on you. And they've got a lot of the pieces that that Cup winning teams have, even though they're not as dominant as they were last year. Like you got your number one center, you've got I mean a high end piece in Kachuk, your number one defenseman in Montour, who's been I mean he's basically like Florida's Josh Morrissey right now. He's he's all over the place. And then Bob is Columbus Bob right now. So I, yeah, I mean it's, it's <laughs> it sounds so bizarre to say, but even after losing game four, do they not have to be the Stanley Cup favorites right now? It's, I, uh, I, I see nothing <laughs> that tells me otherwise. Um, West final. Uh, will it be the Dallas Stars and the Edmonton Oilers? Or uh, will we see one of the two underdogs, despite Vegas being, you know, with two games at home of these final three, they are an underdog. Uh, will they uh, spoil that epic? There's been some great series between the Oilers and Dallas in the past. Uh, do you think that's what we're going to get? Or I mean, a lot of people, I'm still sleeping on the Kraken, to be perfectly honest with you, and probably stupidly. Um, and of course, Vegas. I think Vegas will be a way better team in game number five at home than they were in game number four. Like That I could see going seven. 
Yeah, I still, I'm going to stay, I'll stick with my prediction before and, and go Edmonton, Seattle. Um, I mean, Dallas, you Dallas predicted is, Seattle. Wow. Yeah. 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 I, I just, I love the way Seattle looks right now. They're the, they're, they're the fastest team in the playoffs. I mean, they're just, they're, they're electric to watch. And they've, I mean, this Cartier guy that I've, I've never heard of comes up and that line in with, with Benier and uh, Everly has been one of the best lines in the entire playoffs. Um, I, 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 like, I like Seattle a lot. I think, I think they're going to find a way to outlast Dallas there, but it's starting to feel like with the way the playoff field is, is separating itself and playing out that it, 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 it feels like Edmonton's year to an extent. And I think we're going to see that play out here. I mean, Vegas is going to push them right to the brink. Vegas has been outstanding for for the last handful of games. But ultimately, I think we're going to see Oilers cracking. And I think we're going to see Panthers Hurricanes in a conference final that about 400,000 people will watch in the United States. (laughs) Not quite the... uh... Not quite the markets that they probably expected or hoped for it, but uh, I'll tell you what, the game should be good. Carolina has been really impressive. I mean, I was guilty, like many people, thinking that, oh, they didn't make the big trades at the deadline, and then compounded by losing Svechnikov and now Tara Vinen, uh, man, does Rod Brindamore get the most out of every single player, every single shift. Yeah, that, that's that's what you want your team to be is Carolina. Yeah. Like, imagine if the Jets play like the Hurricanes. If he'd be playing right now, if he'd be playing like that's, yeah, he's he's worth his weight in gold. I, and you're right. I mean, I I think everybody kind of threw them off onto the onto the trash heap, you know, knowing they'll probably win a round, but eventually they're gonna start to lose steam with all the injuries that they have there. But like they're just that they're like Seattle too. They're relentless, and they've got you know power play that's doing all right, but they've got a power kill that's beyond lethal. Like it's a it's a weapon. You almost don't even want to have a power play. Like they're scoring all over the place, and they've done that. They've they've generated. You know, I I thought I saw a stat somewhere that they were generating as many chances shorthanded than some teams were even strength over like in the last handful of games in the regular season. Like it's it's just it's a it's a different unit than anything we've we've really seen. Imagine seeing that up against Edmonton's power play too. Like that would be a super fun matchup. Um, and then you talked about you know the the legendary Oilers star series of the late 90s, early 1000s. How about a, how about a retro throwback 06 final, eh? Carolina <laughs> up against Edmonton with the Oilers looking to get a little bit of redemption there. I'll get Peter Laviolette on for the, uh, for, uh, to yeah. be on the panel somewhere. Exactly. Um, and, of course, I mean, more, a, more, a Panthers-Kane series would, uh, I mean, Maurice is loving the attention and the spotlight of Toronto. But I would imagine there would be a uh, there'd be another jump in the step of uh, the former head coach here if he was going up against a team that he coached not once but twice with an opportunity to uh, get over the hump and get to the Stanley Cup final. It'd be great. You gonna head out to the rink this week and uh, weekend and see these the uh, Ice T Birds games. This should be awesome, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll have to ice my eyes first. I can't even see anything of, of these bloody things right now. But I mean, I, why why wouldn't you? It's the, it's the hottest ticket in the city. Like to, to have, and, and how cool is it too? Like Lambert versus, not exactly Lambert because Seattle's a wagon, but like to have the opportunity to see the Jets' top prospect up against the top junior players in Winnipeg right now. It's so, and, and what a what a good move to put it at at, at CLC as well. I mean, it's it's going to be dynamite. I, I don't know if I'll be able to get down there, but I'll I'll, I'll definitely be following along for sure. Well, go grab whatever uh, allergy medication you need. Uh, hop yourself up on it, and hopefully we'll see you down on the rink at uh, either on uh, Friday or uh, Saturday. Brandon, thanks for doing this, buddy. Uh, all the best, and uh, enjoy the games tonight and this weekend. 
Sounds good. And have a good weekend. You got it, man. Folks, check out Skates and Plates wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That is our pal, Brandon Rowicki, on the show. Uh, all right. Dave McCarthy is going to join us. We'll talk a little bit more about these series and uh, maybe what the vibe is around the big smoke now that the Leafs have stayed execution for at least a couple of nights. Uh, but I cannot wait to talk to Ed Tate tomorrow about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers training camp, which, of course, rookie camp's on right now. Some really interesting comments from Michael O'Shea Jr. yesterday, who's trying to crack the lineup and earn a roster spot with uh, his dad being the head coach. Um, but one way or the other, we got a preseason game coming up, and the season is right around the corner, and we are all systems go for a Bomber Reports all season long, brought to you by Princess Auto, great sponsor of the Blue and Gold, home of the pregame Princess Auto tailgate party. Um, Princess Auto, of course, is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two locations in Winnipeg, uh, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West. You can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Well, we got the rain yesterday, um, but if you don't get enough water and you have irrigation needs for your properties, you need to talk to our pal Joe down at Consolidated Supply. Consolidated Supply are the leaders in irrigation systems, but also artificial turf and golf carts as the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. They've got other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And of course, are the go-to guys for small engine parts and repair. Pop by and see them at Consolidated Supply. Showroom open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Had a couple watching the game with my pal Greg from Royal Sports last night. Uh, Matt, it is busy there right now. Uh, you know, with spring here, soccer, baseball, tennis, softball, and more. And uh, obviously, still the uh, go-to spot for uh, the greatest selection of sports uh, fan merchandise around. Uh, but tons of bikes coming in. Got the Yeti coolers going on, shoes and more. Uh, you really need to see it to believe it. If you haven't been to Royal Sports, get on down there today. 750 Pemina Highway. And to follow all the stock arriving daily, follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Uh, big night last night at local BPs, watching both Canadian teams go at it. Uh, sort of the undercard series tonight, and then Leafs and Oilers back at it tomorrow. No better spot than your local Boston pizza to get together with friends for the big game. Uh, you can enjoy ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings, and don't forget about the pizza flights. Had those last night. Always great. And if you're not able to get down to BP and check out their new Fanalytics-approved menu, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's head out east and talk some NHL playoffs and all the big stories around the league with our guy Dave McCarthy from NHL.com. No one brings it with a better background at this time of year than the man that joins us now, Dave McCarthy. What's up, buddy? How are you? I think the last time we talked, I was in the uh, the lovely confines of whatever they call the rink in Buffalo these days. So I think it's a little bit better today uh, out here in the uh, the wilderness. You guys have had, I was out there about three weeks ago and it was 26, 27 every day. Uh, the dome yeah, was open for the Blue Jays. Uh, has it been that way the whole time? No, or? <laughs> no, we had that. You picked a good week to come. Also, shame on you for not telling me you were here. Um, but no, it was good for like three, four days. And then it went right back to, as we say in these parts, second winter, uh, for like three weeks, <laughs> it rained, I think almost every day for 10 days. 
uh, now in the last few days, we're starting to get uh, turning the corner again. So well, I imagine nothing could have been as gloomy as the vibe around Maple Leaf Nation over uh, the last few days, down 3 nothing uh, almost before this series started uh, facing elimination last night. Um, fill us in on the last week around the Maple Leafs and their fans. And, uh, I mean, what did last night do to uh, maybe get a few people back on the Believe train? Well, I mean, it, it did a lot. I thought they played arguably their best game, um, maybe of the playoffs. Like, they played a full, complete game from start to finish. Uh, they didn't beat themselves. They weren't running around making silly mistakes. Uh, they did what they needed to do to win a game. But it, it is amazing how fast the 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 feeling around the team changed in the, in the span of about a week, right? When they finally win a playoff round uh, against Tampa Bay, first playoff round win in 19 years. And, and then, as you said, Hustler, felt like before you knew it, they were down three loves. So... Um, I still think they got a lot of work to do here, obviously. I mean, if they if they lose in game five and don't show much of an effort, much of a you know, uh, much of an appearance, I don't think that's really going to make all that much difference. But they had to get one to uh, try to work their way back, and they did, and now they've given themselves another chance. What, what's the narrative around the team? Because obviously it had been since 04, uh, since they won a playoff round. I mean, that was a significant win for the franchise and for that team and for that group that had disappointed year after year after year. But listen, if this thing ends at home in game five and they're out quickly in the second round, what is the narrative? What are you guys talking about? What happens to Dubas, Keefe? the core players in the Maple Leafs. I mean, how much will this change going into the offseason unless we see some sort of a miracle turnaround? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a number of things that are that are at hand that need to be dealt with this offseason. Firstly, Kyle Dubas, as you said, his contract is up at the end of the year, so they don't even have to technically fire anybody. He can, as much as anybody else, he as much as management, uh, you know, the board He of might MLS. sniff around on his own regardless That's, of how this exactly ends right. up. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. So they'll have to, to get a handle on where that's going. Um, but beyond that, I think if, if they do lose in game five, I, I think Sheldon Keefe probably doesn't survive this. You look at uh, where the shelf lives for coaches um, are in the NHL these days. He'll have been here for four, four playoffs, and he will have won one series. I mean, Gerard Gallant just got shown the door earlier last week and he went to the conference finals last year um so you know four four playoff rounds one playoff win i, I don't know how you how you survive that to be honest with you and then secondly i i think really you have to look at the core um because that's the only thing that hasn't been touched throughout this whole run of, of six or seven years here um it's been it's been Matthews, it's been Marner, it's been Nylander, and since they got Tavares on board, it's been Tavares, and those have been the constants. Um, they've they've gone with 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 ruggedness. They've gone with veteran savvy, bringing in guys like Marlowe and Thornton. They've gone with you know some sandpaper, bringing in guys like Nick Foligno. They've they've added extra skill. They've they've brought in some bite to their game this year uh, and experience with guys like O'Reilly and Achari. You know, and all of that, and and if 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 all of that still doesn't work, I don't know how you can look at the core and say, look, on their own individually, they're all great players, but 
how many more times do you need to see examples of just for whatever reason, the mix is not working um, and, and that you have to try something else. So those would be the, the two to me that I would be I would be focusing on is, is the coach. And if this is finally the year where they decide that even though you may not want to, because you, you generally lose trades like that. Um, if you move a guy like a Marner or a Nylander um, in the short term, you may not want to, but you may have to because, again, how many more times can you keep coming back with the same look that clearly is not working? Well, the big talk around uh, that core was that none of them had scored in the first three games of this series. Nylander got one last night. Marner got one. Will there be more pressure on anyone than Austin Matthews tomorrow when they drop the puck in game five? Well, I think there's pressure on everybody, to be honest with you, because every, at this time of the year when you're in the position that they're in, if one guy is, you know, kind of looking over here and thinking, oh, you know what, maybe I got my uh, my trip booked or I got the U-Haul packed or whatever it is. If there's one guy who's thinking that way, you know, even if the core four score, that can still do you in. I mean, look at look at the play that Luke Shen made at the end of the game last night um, with like a minute and a half left. Um, that, that stick check to prevent um, blanking on the Panther, who it was uh, off the top of my head, but you know the play. Uh, unbelievable play. I, I thought, oh, geez, he's going to score. And, uh, yeah, it, they're going to go to overtime, they're going to lose. And Shen found a little something extra, made that stick check, broke up the play, and, and that may well have saved the game. So if, if he isn't able to give you a little extra there, you know, then Nylander and Marner scored, well, that's nice, but chances are they go to overtime and, and then who knows. So you need everybody on board, and, and, and that's the position that they put themselves in is that they have no margin for error um, at this point. So I think pressure will be felt by just about everybody on the team. Um, and we'll see how they handle it. You know, one down, handled it pretty well. Can they do it again at home where, quite honestly, they have not been very good uh, in the playoffs, going just one and four so far on home ice. Uh, and, and home teams overall, um, and certainly we saw it here in Winnipeg with the Jets going over and getting their win on the road. Uh, it, it hasn't been much of an advantage. And I think road teams are still up on home teams so far over the course of the playoffs. Uh, what have you thought about the Oilers? Uh, that has been a weird series, eh? Um, you know, the games have gone one way or the other. They haven't been particularly close, uh, although being on the scoreboard maybe a little bit more. Um, I thought we'd get a lot more from Vegas last night. I mean, I thought the Oilers had a great start and then sort of cruise. It's going to be a real interesting best of three that starts with game five down in Vegas, huh? Yeah, it will be. Um, it's certainly heated, right? And it was interesting how that game uh, wound up last night. I mean, we'll see what happens here with Alex Petrangelo. He's having a hearing. I'd be shocked if they don't come to the conclusion that uh, he gets at least a game suspension for that tomahawk chop. Well, especially the, with Nurse just getting a well, suspension. I don't know if you exactly. caught that, but he yeah. is getting a game for uh, for one. And I was just joking around with Rowicki. You know, there's coincidental minors. This is probably going to be coincidental suspensions yeah. where a top defenseman on both teams does not play in game five, and then it's back to full bore regardless of who wins game five in the sixth back in Edmonton. But it was interesting the response that the Oilers delivered, right? Because they were not very good in game three. But then they came out and, and they were far and away the better team last night. And it's kind of been a bit of a one-sided series. 
the only series that's been close within the games has been the Leafs Panthers series. Every other series has been a blowout um, one way or the other in each game. So um, I was impressed with how Edmonton stepped up. I, I, I was expecting it. Um, you know, look, I picked Edmonton to win the series. I picked him to go to the cup and win it. So um, I'm not going to change my mind, um, you know, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I, I would have to start to think that at some point the games will get a little bit closer within the game here. Um, because these are two really good teams. Like if Vegas won, I wouldn't be shocked at all. But um, I'm just surprised at how how uh, much of a disparity there's been in the score um, from game to game. Yeah, uh, you know what? It's funny when you say that. I mean, if Vegas won, I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be shocked if Edmonton lost, if that makes any mm. sense, because <laughs> you, yeah. you have one, you have the other. Uh, they're just such a, I mean, a team, and they got that playoff experience getting the conference final last year. It really does seem like it's at Edmonton's time. You know, it's funny you were talking about the Leafs, and I'm seeing comments in chat. I was thinking the exact same thing. when you said, you know, a lot of really good players, they just not might not have the right mix. We've been saying that about the Jets for a while, and Connor Hellebuck himself mm. pretty much said that that is a possibility at the end of the uh, end of the season. Uh, but I'm wondering, did you guys have some fun with uh, 54 seconds of bones and the eruption of Rick Bonus after Game Five of the uh, Jets Vegas series on uh, the Sunday brunch? Well, he's not wrong, is he? I no. mean, you know, and I think uh, somewhere Paul Maurice was like, "My man, my man." <laughs> Um, because really, right? Like it, it, it was essentially what Paul Maurice was getting at without actually saying it when, when he checked out, there's like nothing more I can do here. This, there's nothing more that can be done. So I'm out, you know, before I get swallowed up by the muck and they brought Rick bonus in and, and ultimately the same issues befell the team where you just, you look at the mix and you just say not nearly good enough based on what their capabilities are. So I, I liked it. You know, I, I have, and then it was even more entertaining at uh, Logger Cleanout Day when some of the players were refuting the comments, saying, well, it would have been nice, would have been nice if you told us. I have a hard time believing that Rick Bonus, since January, did not make his thoughts known with the players. I really, I really have a hard time believing that. Um, so... You know, w- with that being said, I think they they ran it back one more year to 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 take one more kick at it with a new coach, see if they could finally play up to to expectations. Because quite honestly, the Jets, us, or they've been they have been that team that you know over the last three or four or five years they've they have to have fooled more people than any other team in the NHL. Because you, you come in every season, you always look at this Jets team, and you're like, yeah. Look at this! Look at this roster here. They got they got quality players up and down the lineup. They've got some some different mix of guys. They got some bite. Their blue line looks pretty good. They got a Vesna caliber goalie, and then it just never works. So I think they ran it back one more year, um, and and similar to the Leafs, they they got their answer that it's it, they're not coming for me by the way. Just 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 so you know, um, they got their answer that it's not going to work. Um, and now I think, if anything else, through the requirements for change based on contractual statuses of a number of different guys, um, change will be coming to Winnipeg because there is no way you can you can run this back another year 
and say, oh, okay, no, no, believe us now. Now believe us. It's going to work. It's not. No, and, and, and I mean, and that is what make, I mean, obviously this is kind of a slow week. There hasn't been much Jets news, and I'm sure a lot of things are happening, conversations with agents and whatnot behind the scenes. But I think when we get to June, Dave, um, the Jets could be one of the uh, – Jets aren't usually at the top of the headlines around the National Hockey League, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are some – uh, big, big stories coming out of here involving potential player moves. Obviously, the center position is something that we focused on. The future of Dubois, the future of Mark Shifley. Then you add in Connor Hellebuck's situation and the uh, sounds like the uh, the want to move on from Blake Wheeler. And that's even before you get to a logjam on the blue line that needs some fixing. So um, we could be talking about huge moves um and maybe some people don't expect that but it's almost like for i mean unfortunately for the winnipeg jets free agency doesn't work and there's a lot of guys that you know have winnipeg on their no trade list so it it, it does limit many possibilities but it's quite obvious that this team can't allow these guys to leave as assets for nothing i don't think they want to wait to the trade deadline and basically nuke a season if it hasn't happened already at that point if the team's doing well so yeah uh, it, th- this team and Kevin Sheveldayoff in particular is going to be, uh, and the moves that they make or don't make, going to be fascinating heading into a big week in Nashville at the end of June. No, uh, that's exactly it. Um, you, you cannot let guys that are approaching unrestricted free agency leave for nothing. You must get assets back for those guys because, as you put it, look, it's no disrespect to Winnipeg at all, but it's just the fact of the matter. It's not a prime destination for free agency. So you can't operate. Um, with with that approach in mind you you have to make sure that if if a guy is is likely going to walk out the door you got to make a tough decision and move him a year in advance so you can get something back because it sets your franchise back if if you let a guy like a, a shifley or a, a dubois or a hellebuck walk out the door um for nothing you, you just can't do that as difficult as it might be because look you're right you, you could come back with this team next year and they may well be in the mix for a playoff spot. And that's tantalizing. But do we really look at them as a legitimate cup contender? And that's what it should be about. And the answer to that is no. So that's why I think this is a tipping point summer where you're going to have to make some decisions that, again, maybe like in Toronto, you may not want to make, but you have to make. Yeah, listen, they have to be made, and they can't wait till the trade deadline next year, I don't no. think. I mean, that's a, a tough for... sell. You can't – You you're, so what are you in, second place, and then you blow it up? Yeah, how do you, you sell that? <laughs> how do you sell that? You can't. Uh, Dave McCarthy is with us from NHL.com. Just before we go, uh, this is one thing we've been talking about the last couple of days. I'm interested in what you think. Chicago wins the draft lottery. They get right. Connor Bedard. I mean, what a what a boost to the organization, the city, that fan base, all that. This team is so bad, Dave. I mean, so bad on paper. It's basically Bedard, a generational talent, and a bunch of guys, most of which probably would barely crack a roster of most other teams in the NHL. Do you think that getting Bedard changes the plan for the upcoming season for Chicago as far as being a little bit more competitive, finding a legitimate center to play with Bedard? Or would they be just fine with continuing to make all the picks that they've made suck again for another year, but have this young man go in and start his career in the midst of um, basically misery each and every night, because uh, that's not an NHL roster. No, it's not the, to quote the, the great Phil Kessel. It's not good. eh? Um, 
they've got some pieces in their system. Um, Kevin Korczynski is a guy that they picked last year. He's a defenseman. He's a really good player. Um, I talked to his junior coach a year ago at this time, and he said that he's not comparing him to Kale McCarr, but he's got a skill set of that nature. Um, and if you want to place a bet on a guy that that could end up becoming of of that nature, you know, one of those new age elite mobile puck moving guys like a a McCarr, a Heaskinen, or somebody like that, Kevin Korczynski would be would be the guy. So. He's in the mix. Uh, Paul Ludwinski, they've got another young center out of Kingston that they drafted last year, uh, projects to be a sort of 2-3 type center. So they've got some pieces, but they're, they're not, nearly, not nearly good enough to compete this year. So, um, look, I, I think a number of things here with Chicago. Um, Chicago's a desirable city. People like to go to Chicago. They can contend in the free agent market um, for players. So um, that helps. The fact that they've got a guy in Connor Bedard now in the mix, um, that will be an even more attractive piece to lure people in free agency to Chicago. Um, but it shouldn't change the plan. They shouldn't be going out next year and trying to compete um, and trying to piecemeal a roster together with you know, the odd veteran here, there, this and that. Um, that, that should not be the plan. The plan should be to, to build something sustainable for years to come. Even if that takes a year or two to get to that point, I still think they're in, they're in accumulation mode um, as a franchise. Accumulate young players, young prospects, um, develop them, and then hit the ground running in a, in a year or two. It shouldn't change the plan. The, the, the thing I'll throw out to you, Hustler, and I brought it up on uh, Ice Cap earlier on in the week, just because it, it, it came to my mind. And sometimes when you're on the air, things come to mind. And <laughs> if you have time, like when you're doing an hour show and there was one game that night, uh, you, you say what comes to your mind. Patrick Kane is not chasing Stanley Cups. He has three. He needs no more. He'd like more, but he doesn't need any more. His legacy is cemented. He loves Chicago. I think he goes back. You know, I would think that if there's an opportunity for Kane to play on a team that he believes gives him another chance to really contend and play, because I think it was miserable the last couple seasons watching where they've been come down to. But I will say this, <clears throat> maybe Bedard changes things a little bit. I mean, listen, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. And if he comes back, I mean, he'd be a great guy to have, I think, along with Bedard. Not that... Bedard seems to have such a level head on him and, um, you know, has is, is so grounded. I'm not sure some of the things that happened earlier in Kane's career are going to be popping up with Bedard. But it is interesting um, that – and part of me thinks we were talking about Shifley. I mean, if Shifley's on the move, how good would he look playing center with Bedard? It's yeah. just that when you look at what Chicago has, I'm not sure – that there's literally anything unless they really want to get aggressive with a Korchinski or some of their other top picks that would make sense for the Winnipeg Jets to move that if they are going to trade on uh, trade 55. Well, that's that's it. And I don't think Chicago is – I put it this way. If, if they start moving a guy like Korchinski for a guy like Shifley, I don't think that's the right move. Like, I really don't. Um, because that's a move for, for this year. You're not winning next year. Not a chance, right? So – that would be surprising if Chicago went down that road. 
Um, I could see but- Shife being open to sticking around there, knowing that, hey, like this isn't just going to some garbage team. This is a team no, that yeah. sucks right now. However, I'm going to get a chance to be uh, playing with one of the most exciting prospects in a long time, and maybe this could be the way to uh, a great second chapter of his career after Winnipeg. Right, but by the time they get to that point in Chicago, what will Mark Shifley be? Like 30, well, 31, right? I think that's too old. Like that shouldn't be who you're building around if you're Chicago um, because it's just the fact of the matter. I'm sorry. How many teams win Stanley Cups with with significant players into their 30s? Not as not nearly as often nowadays. So I, I, I don't think that would be the right move for, for Chicago. I really don't. Um, but the reason I say Patrick Kane is because there's there's past history there. You'd bring him in. He wouldn't be the guy once you continue to build out your organization. He'd be a guy that um, that that fills a role, um, you know, lends some credibility to to the whole setup. Um, and look, if what is and the other thing with Patrick Kane is his is his health situation. Like, how how is that going to play out? Will he need surgery? Will he miss a good portion next year? I don't know, but assume he is healthy. And you're Kyle Davidson, and he has interest in coming back. Would you not pay that guy, you know, like a four-year deal at, say, six? I'd pay him that. I think that's reasonable money. I still think he's a really good player when healthy. And there's enough term there that by the time they do turn the corner, he's still uh, under contract at a reasonable number and and is is a, a good part of that team. So, I don't know, just something I thought of. I don't think it's entirely out of the realm of possibility. Um, but we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. That's why the off season's fun. You get to, you get to throw crazy ideas like this out and then one of them hits and you, you dig the tape up six months from now and be like, <laughs> hey, see, see, well, I'll tell you what, we've got plenty of tape on this program talking about what the jets can, should, will do. And, uh, obviously we're getting incredible feedback from people that watch and listen to this program every day on those same things, kind of quiet for a week or two coming out, but, uh, I think the Jets are going to be making moves and making some noise in June, and it should be really interesting. Dave, Ice Cap, writing at NHL.com, The Brunch. I've filled people in on where they can uh, find you and what you're up to on a daily basis. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, NHL.com, a little bit more Leaf stuff coming at us here with the uh, the win last night and The Brunch at 11 a.m. on Sundays and uh, Ice Cap two times a week uh, after uh, after the uh, the night of action of the playoffs. Dave, great stuff, man. Thanks for doing this. Let's catch up again soon. Be well. Always good being on. Thanks for having me. All right, there's our pal Dave McCarthy. Great connection, great background today. Just an, an elite, elite visit from our guy McCarthy out in uh, out in T.O. Um, we mentioned Gold Eyes beginning tonight and a home opener next Friday. We are uh, about, what, 10 days away? 11 days away from opening day at Assiniboia Downs. Next week, Darren Dunn will join us to tee up the entire season, and we'll get Kirk Contois back before the Preakness after he dropped Mage as his pick heading into the Kentucky Derby. If you want more information on the upcoming live racing season, head on over to asdowns.com. Our friends at Little Brown Jug, this is beer drinking weather, folks. Get on a patio, get on back in the deck, fire up the barbecue. And if you haven't tried it already, pick up some Little Brown Jug generic lager, which just launched. Your basic lager just better, impressively standard, in the best way, light and clean to taste, 
with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. Available in eight packs right now or buy the can through the tap room or get it at your favorite local beer vendor. Um, Imagine off the top of the show, heading over to uh, Breezy Bend last night after work. And man, Craig and the staff have done just an incredible job getting that course ready for the season. Lots of people out getting their first round or sometimes second or third round of the year. Uh, such a great spot for a longtime home for your golfing family. They are full for membership this year. But if you would like to get on the waiting list for membership next season, Get on over to breezybend.ca or give our good friend Corey Johnson a call at the clubhouse about uh, making arrangements to get on that list when membership opportunities open up over at Breezy Bend. And a big shout out to the gang over at Aikens Lake. Uh, it it kind of feels like Aikens weather right now, but we're only in the middle of May. Uh, they're heading up there right now to start the season. Over 90% booked for the year. If you're thinking about an incredible world-class corporate getaway or friends and family trip, you can do it without leaving the province and be on the water in less than two hours from the city of Winnipeg. There's nothing like the Aikens Lake experience. Find out more online at AikensLake.com or uh, hit Pitt Turan up on Twitter at Aikens Lake as well for questions about and about availability later on this year. All right, we do have to get to the uh, we do have to get to the cool bet lines here, but let's get uh, Remus back in here. And uh, a lot of hockey talk today, but uh, I know the football talk room was going to get going tomorrow with the Bomber training camp preview with Eddie Tate. And I couldn't help but keep an eye on the NFL throughout this afternoon because today is the full schedule release. We'll probably have everything later on, but uh, Super Bowl champion Chiefs in the kickoff game hosting the D. Detroit Lions on the seventh. How about the Lions getting that uh, that spot? I mean, the Chiefs have a loaded schedule. I was kind of mm-hmm. thinking it might be a Super Bowl rematch. It might be someone else, but uh, the Lions are prime time going into this year. This year, yeah, I'm shocked hearing Detroit Lions, but now I remember last season the Lions probably had some of the most entertaining games all season, hundred percent in terms of scoring. So much fantasy goodness uh, with all of their players. <laughs> I was all over uh, Amon Ra, St. Brown, where they took the running back in the draft. I don't know. The Lions have a good offense. So you know what? At first glance, you're like, a lot Detroit, what? No. But they actually had the best games. And I do remember the final game of the regular season, the Sunday nighter with the Lions and the Packers, and they picked off uh, Aaron Rodgers to send the Packers home. So you know what? I don't mind it, as uh, and I wanted to dump on it, you know, an hour ago. But I just remembered how good the Lions were for fantasy, and maybe we do see one of those like crazy games, like Chief. We just want remember that Chiefs Rams game was like fifty four fifty one, one yeah. of the most incredible games of all time. They just want they just want that uh, <laughs> somehow again, and sure. Uh, I'm already thinking about how I can make my way to uh, KC for September 7th for that opening game for the champs taking on the Detroit Lions. couple other games that have been revealed already. Uh, oh, wow. Christmas at Arrowhead as well. <laughs> the Raider game is on Christmas Day. Oh, that is going to be phenomenal. That is the, uh, oh, and that'll be a Nickelodeon game too, Remo, if you want to get the kids out to watch oh. uh, people get slimed in the end zone when there's touchdowns. The uh, Raiders game. and Chiefs at that point. And week one, 
Monday night football, September 11th. I knew there'd be a New York team, I think, you know, in that. And uh, you know what it's going to be. You could probably guess. Jets, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, oh. Jets, Packers would have been something. Are they, are they, I don't even Jets. know if they're playing each other, the Jets and the Packers this year. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I, I think the Packers are probably not going to be very prime time uh, like. But uh, those are interesting. So Jets, Bills, Monday Night Football, week one. I'm sure they'll do something, obviously, honoring uh, you know the uh, the memory of September 11th. And then uh, opening game is September 7th, Lions and Chiefs at Arrowhead. And then, uh, yeah, Raiders at Chiefs on Christmas Day. Hmm. I think I know what I'm going to be doing for a little bit of the holidays. That's uh, that's for sure. Well, um, let's I'll get- say this. One thing I saw about the schedule is the full schedule released tonight. And it's amazing how they're doing this, like teasing games throughout the day. But uh used to be, you know, NFC games were on Fox and AFC on CBS. That is no longer a thing. Any yeah. team can be on any network. Sorry? It's a draft. It's a, I'm, I guess I, I kind of like it, but I enjoyed, I don't know, I kind of enjoyed it before, but I guess, like, why hold yourself? So we'll see how, they, how the games are divvied out throughout the year. You know, one other thing that did come out yesterday, uh, they announced the international games. And I know this is kind of Chief-centric, but hey, they are Super Bowl champs. You gave me a hard time about talking about the Chiefs before, but they are the team to beat right now, and that is why they release some of these games early. But the Chiefs are playing in Frankfurt, Germany this year, Reem. Um, two games in Frankfurt, uh, including uh, a game with the Chiefs. I can't remember who they're playing in that game, um, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, as the NFL continues to expand their footprint um these games in germany gonna be really interesting to see how they go i imagine they'll be huge hits much like everything they've done in uh the uk over the season especially bringing more top teams over to play not just like titans jags yeah. as they used to get <laughs> they used to get every year <laughs> it was like the thursday night football super bowl or the london game always involving jacksonville yeah the london games like always just these terrible teams playing it i guess at like 8 a.m. here. So I think they're taking it more seriously and actually sending good teams over there. And I think a lot of people are, I think those are pretty well received, those Europe games. So, you know, we kind of ripped on them early on, but it seems to be a staple and everyone's buying in. So uh, with Germany, crazy. I will admit, uh, I've never been to Europe. And um, I've always thought about maybe going over there at some point if I had a good reason to do it. Oh. Chiefs playing in Frankfurt might be that reason. And as soon as I saw that, I was on Expedia last night, seeing how much flights were and all that around. I'd have to go there for a few days, not just rip in for a weekend and come back. It's sort of a little bit far. But uh, anyways, uh, full NFL schedule coming out later tonight. We'll certainly have a few minutes to look at the top games, uh, see what the Vikes have cooking uh, for the upcoming season and more on the program. But let's go. Let's get to the cool bet lines. Shout out to everyone that rode with us yesterday on that partner parlay. Banged it off. Shout out the, the, the lock of the century of the week. Warriors came through comfortably. So it was a very good day in the lock shop yesterday. New episode today, by the way. Check it out wherever you, if on YouTube, got lock shop bets or uh, just search the lock shop wherever you get your favorite pods. We've got two games tonight in the NHL. Canes minus 136 favorites to take care of the Devils in five. Devils plus 115 to live to see another day. 
and the Dallas Stars coming up that big game for win once again a huge favorite against the Kraken what else is new but the Kraken keep on getting it done Dallas minus 188 the Kraken plus 159 two games in the NBA as well the Celtics are a minus 130 road favorite to force a game seven in Philly after completely completely blowing it uh, and having just terrible performance at home in such an important game five Sixers plus 110 as a home underdog to get it done tonight and to move on to uh, face the winner of the Knicks and Heat. Knicks won last night. They'll play again tomorrow in Miami. Uh, but tonight's the Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Nuggets can end the Suns season with a win. Nugs plus 106, Suns minus 125. Tons of exclusives over in the Cool Bet exclusive section. And, you know, we had such a big partner parley yesterday. We thought maybe we were on suspension because the guys didn't call us and said, hey, what are we doing today? So we've taken the day off. I will have a daily pick on Cool Bet Canada coming up a little later on. I'm leaning towards the over five and a half in the Jersey Carolina game. Uh, but check it out at the Cool Bet socials. And if you haven't already, use the promo code WST when you uh, make your first deposit over at CoolBet.com for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your uh, on your first deposit over at CoolBet. Uh, Remo, what's up tonight? Going to actually get outside a little bit. Uh, might be a good night to get the game on the iPad and uh, hang out on the uh, porch or the patio or just go to a patio and make sure you've got access to watch it on your phone. Man, the sunroom, going to be getting some activity in for sure. Fired up the barbecue the other night. I'm pumped. Uh, tonight I'll probably have on this Carolina game. Might also catch up on the newest uh, Ted Lasso. I'm going to check in on my favorite uh, soccer team, AFC Richmond. So uh, I hear that that's, uh, that show's gone like super downhill. Can you confirm? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's... <laughs> I, I think Ted Lasso is a very good show. Might have been like slightly overhyped. I do agree that this season it's gotten away from... What made it so great? The mo I haven't seen the most recent episode from yesterday, but last week's was not my favorite. Um, I still think it's a good show; it's entertaining, but I don't, I don't think it's some like, you know, a, the well, no, I don't, I don't think it's like a, a amazing, like amazing one. But yeah, I think it's pretty good. But yeah, hey, I would agree. This, and you may not know this, um, yeah. so if you're in chat, you can uh, fire this up. But okay, so Ryan Reynolds. And his buddy, they bought Wrexham FC, which is one of these lower yeah. division football teams. And I know their jerseys are selling like crazy. Is there a show? Is this like a reality show that they're doing in this? Or is this just, they're just celebrity owners and everyone's interested in this team because Ryan Reynolds and his buddies are at the game? Uh, I'm not following Wrexham, but yes, he bought Wrexham and made them good. And part of buying, you know, what Ryan Reynolds does for marketing is they make it into a reality show. I think that show has done very well which is okay. why you know you get him involved with the senators and they can you know make it into you get you owning a team yeah you own the team but you also can make so much great content and i think that's part of the team as well and you saw the jets do that this year with their their runway series but i mean the Rexham one i mean that's a full blown uh reality show again i haven't seen it but uh, I think it's, it's done wonders. I mean, that why, show, everyone knows about that club. They were like a fifth or fourth division team. And now they've done really well. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, anyways, who, now here's one more why not question of the day. Yeah. Who would make the best celebrity owner for the Senators? Mm -hmm. Is it Ryan Reynolds? Is it The Weeknd? Or is it Snoop Dogg? Well, 
I, I really want to say Snoop Dogg, big Snoop Dogg guy, but I, I like, I think Ryan Reynolds, he's done it before. So I'm going to go with Ryan Reynolds. He's my pick for, we haven't talked about this for the stands. I do like Snoop Dogg. I think yeah. he brings a lot, but I don't know if he's the best one. He's for... going to start the Snoop Hockey League, he said. The Snoop Minor yeah. Hockey League. Not that they need another minor hockey league in Ontario, I'm sure. The but one thing too, I'd like to see the way Snoop does it. Ryan Reynolds is also Canadian. Like Snoop Dogg, like him owning a team. He said he would go to Ottawa like a couple times a year, and I don't know how often Ryan Reynolds would go to Ottawa because he obviously lives in L.A. or Van, you know, he's Van City Reynolds on Twitter. But I think I think he would be a good owner just based on that he's shown that he can take a team and make them good and also do marketing, uh, do market it well. So. But I'd like to see Snoop Dogg given an opportunity. The weekend, I don't know what he brings. I know that he's trying to change his name from the weekend to whatever his real name all is. Like, all I'm just imagining, like the you know the NHL Board of Governors meetings, and you know you're seeing you know uh, Frank Saravelli and uh, Rashog and Chris Johnson doing their stand up, mm-hmm. and Snoop Dogg just walks behind them, blazing a massive, massive gagger in a timeout from team meetings and operations that 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 truly would be a scenario that um would be all time for the national hockey league and snoop is a big hockey guy kings ducks he wore the pittsburgh penguins jersey in the gin yes. and juice video i mean come on he said guy. yeah he's been a hockey fan for what 30 years i remember we all remember scott oak interviewing him in the 2007 of course. stanley cup uh, stanley cup final when the ducks won so I, I mean, I agree. Snoop's a big hockey guy, but I think I have to get. I it pains me to give it to Ryan Reynolds, and uh, so I, I will give it to Ryan. I'm curious what's going to happen with that ownership situation there. When it's going to get resolved? One other thing, it's going to get resolved too. I just saw this on Twitter. The Coyotes vote, uh, the mail-in ballots are coming in, Hus from Tempe. Are you? I'm can't wait to see how this turns out. Five days remaining before the results. A release, so we will know next week. I but thought th- I never had to hear. I thought we were done with Glendale City Council forever. That's Tempe. Now we've got Tempe City Council yeah. as the Coyotes. Thank God they did not get Connor Bedard. Thank God. Uh, we'll see what that means, and I promise we won't spend too much time on it here on Winnipeg Sports uh, Talk because uh, I think we're <laughs> numb to that story after twenty freaking years of it happening. It is crazy. Um, We'll see. It's next week. The vote. We'll know. And I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Will they play with this this college arena for another like five years before this thing is built? I really hope not. It does look stupid. By the way, Kenny's water bottle. For those of us that were talking about that Wrexham show, thank you, KWB. Welcome to Wrexham. Follows their season. It's very good. So if you do want to check that out, uh, see what's up. Oh, and Rob (laughs) Rob Noakes calling a shot. Remember I said it, Ryan Reynolds is going to run for prime minister. Hey, he's so popular right now. He could pretty much do whatever the heck he wants, and I think people would uh, would certainly be in. Um, anyways, great show today. <clears throat> We've got uh, two games tonight. We've got some hoops. I'm pulling for the Nugs on the road tonight to eliminate the Suns. And then tomorrow is going to be an awesome show. Do not miss it. Shane Malloy from Hockey Prospect uh, Radio is going to come on, talk a little bit about the Jets draft picks that have already been picked, especially a lot of excitement about last year's draft class. 
um, as well as Bedard, a lot of the picks, where the Jets, what might be available to them in around 18 or 19 when they're picking, um, as well as some thoughts on the WHL final that begins tomorrow here in Winnipeg. Cop your tickets if you haven't already, folks. Let's get a great crowd out for the Ice and T-Birds tomorrow. Um, it should be a lot of fun. I will be there. I cannot wait for it. And uh, we'll uh, also have Eddie Tate breaking down Bomber rookie camp and letting us know what is going on with uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers training camp as it gets underway and our weekly visit from none other than Ken Weeb of Weeb's World himself. So uh, make a point to join us tomorrow for a big night, uh, big afternoon at 1 o'clock. Marbles as well to finish it off. And uh, a huge thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, get outside. Enjoy the sunshine, everyone. And don't forget, if you're watching on YouTube, you can always download the Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast wherever you get pods so you can uh, listen to the audio when you're outside enjoying the summer. It's going to do it for us. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Have a great one. We'll catch you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.